I love video games so much. I'm pretty fond of this podcast, too. They're fun. This is fun. Video games are fun. Well, not all games. Echo the Dolphin's not really that fun, but most games are fun. You know what isn't fun? Buying razor blades. And my friends over at Harry's agree. And that's why they started their company. And I don't understand why anybody would buy razors from anyone else. I'm super serial. Hit up harrys.com slash RTG and pick up a $3 trial set to find out for yourself why I'm so damn serial about this. Harry's makes the best razor blades out there and they ship them right to your front door. I don't think I'm allowed to lie in these, but I'm not anyways. I've been using Harry's for years and I've never considered going anywhere else. The blades come in this awesome little container that's easy to travel with and keeps them sharp and clean and the razor handle doesn't look like a piece of plastic out of cyberpunk. Those handles are great for high school kids with peach fuzz but you're a man now. Shave like one. And it's not just the blades. Looking good is great but smelling good is just as important. Harry's has skin softening body wash with scents like stone, wildlands, and redwood. I don't want to smell like plastic. I want to smell like a man. They have awesome smelling deodorant for $5, hair products, grooming supplies, everything you need to go from a five to a nine. Well, like an eight, and we don't want to overpromise. Well, like an eight, at least. Harry's offers subscriptions so you can get your blades and supplies when you need them, and you can feel free to cancel at any time, but you won't want to, I promise. Listen to me. Harry's is legit. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just three bucks at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 212 and we're finally, finally talking Silent Hill. This is one of those franchises that people have been asking us to look at since the baby days of Remember the Game. And there's been a couple of reasons why it took us so long to get there. Uh, I guess it just boils down to I haven't really played them. I played some of the original on the PlayStation 1. And then that was it until now. Um, And the reason for that is because I'm a pussy when it comes to scary stuff. And I needed someone to kick me in the ass and make me suck it up and visit these hills that are apparently very quiet. And that's exactly what happened. Mr. Ryan Kinchin, longtime member of the Remember the Game community, was generous enough to sponsor this episode. Give me said kick in the ass and make me play silent hill 3 and now that i've done it uh i got i I gotta say i i get why so many of you have been asking for these episodes now they're pretty fucking at least i can't see the whole series is good but silent hill 3 is pretty fucking good i do i do think i prefer resident evil a little bit but i've i've played most of the mainline resident evil games and i've got a game and a half of experience when it comes to silent hill so that could change i don't know if i can lock that in um i really liked this game a lot it was very atmospheric it was cool mechanics the controls didn't exactly win me over uh but that's okay i never want to try to open a locked door again to save my fucking life and if you've played silent hill 3 you know what i'm talking about uh but yeah I would, I would go as far as to say I'm a Silent Hill fan now. I get it. I should warn you, we are going to spoil the fuck out of this game. 
I, so you know me, I try to avoid spoilers when possible, but the, the story is half of this game. We, we are spoiling the shit out of it. So uh, I chat with Ryan about why this game means so much to him. And then my buddy Patrick gave me a call and we broke this bad boy down and talked about the good, the bad, and the horrifying that is Silent Hill 3. There's much more good than bad. I should say that. Much, much more good than bad. And then there's a healthy dose of horrifying as well. Is that, that fucking room with the mirror. If you've ever played it, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, we'll get to all that in just a minute because speaking of more good than bad, but with a side of horrifying, it's time for yet another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Our intros are kind of long. They've, they've gotten long, but they're fun. And they have 300 fewer locked doors than Silent Hill 3 does. So it's better than just trying to open doors all day. But if you do want to skip it, if you're like, I'm just here for Silent Hill 3, shut the fuck up. Go about 30 minutes up the road and you'll be into nothing but a good hour and a half or so of Silent Hill talk. Uh, we have merchandise. We have hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, posters, tank tops, all rocking incredible art that was drawn by my man Joe. You can check his workout at 4545creative.com and you can find our merchandise at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested. It is a phenomenal way to support the little guy and support us. And if you're like, ah, I don't do clothes, which I get. I get. It. I'm naked right now. If you're like, I don't need clothes, you can always just consider supporting us on Patreon. Our subscriptions start at just two bucks a month. And in exchange for that $2 a month, you get two extra podcasts every week. Two, so in a four-week month, you get eight additional podcasts for $2. You get exclusive access to my gaming news podcast, Game Patch, each and every Friday, where I look at the biggest news in modern video games, and I throw in my my opinions and some profanity and stuff like that. And Expansion Pass goes live every Thursday, and it's a different video game show every week. We do video game rankings. We look at characters, consoles. We do more some, uh, some comedy-centric episodes. There are game reviews. This past week on Expansion Pass, our topic was in the hands of our Patreons, and the games we thought we'd love but ended up despising won the poll. So we got some shit off our chest. It was a very therapeutic episode. And as is becoming tradition, here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of Expansion Pass. Games we thought we'd love but ended up hating. Cody Poland wrote in and said 12 minutes. Good premise, major letdown. Most of the game was waiting around, seeing things you've done dozens of times so that you could do one thing differently at the 10th minute. Not to mention the end of the story was just yeesh. Uh, you know what, Cody? I like your comments so much that I'm going to officially steal it and add 12 minutes to my list. Uh, I did not have it on here, but I agree, dude. If you've not played it yet, everybody, it is. I, I don't know if it's on... Don't quote me because I can't remember if it's on PlayStation. I, I played it on Xbox because I, I knew it was on Game Pass. Um, came out last year is a puzzle game and, uh, I like puzzle games a lot. And like Willem Dafoe is one of the voice actors in it. it. I was super pumped for that game. I played that the day it came out. I was hella stoked to play 12 minutes. And then when I fired it up, I was like, this fucking sucks. It's so boring and so repetitive and so fucking tedious. And I agree with everything you said, Cody. And the ending, oh God. And that's now available on our archives. And this week for Expansion Pass number 126, uh, I'm going to take a look at Spider-Man Miles Morales for the PlayStation 5. I know I'm a little bit late to the Miles Morales party, but I did finally play it. And I do try to review most of the modern games that I play. So we're going to sink our teeth into Morales and see if it lived up to the expectations of the PS4 Spider-Man game, which is just so 
So fucking good. Uh, so I'll give you my review of that this week. So again, two bucks gets you two extra shows every week. Plus instant access to well over 200 archived podcasts. Plus you can join our remember the game discord. You get a chance to vote in our Patreon poll at the end of every month. You get the ability to submit comments to be read on all of our podcasts. And you're going to get a shout out and get to hear me mispronounce your name. Like I'm about to do to most of these people. A huge thank you to our newest Patriots. Here we go. There's some doozies in here. Lewis Bell, Cody, Sean Froome, Scott Weiss, Joe Friga, David Hendley, Nick Knack, Patty Zach. I like that. Scuba Steve. I wipe my own ass. Pow Tom 1, Owen Wooten, Batman. That's an honor. Ryan Who's 20, Tom Commando, Yoshi 69, Josh Lawrence, Edgemaster P, T-Baird 87, Cal C, Lucas Gerber, Ivy Fredrickson Rakenzone Ryson. Sorry, Ivy. You knew I was going to fuck that up. Jeremiah Smith Maverick with X's on either end. Frank Stanley, Matthew Gabbery, and Noah Dietel. I'm sure I fucked a bunch of those up, but a huge thank you to all of you. Welcome to the welcome to Remember the Game Industries. Welcome to the team. You can check that out at patreon.com slash remember the game. To wrap up our sales pitch, sales pitch, not fitch, pitch. 5% of our Patreon every month is being added to a pool that we are going to donate to the Remember the Children 24-hour channel charity stream for the Stollery Children's Hospital in December. Uh, we're over 1500 bucks already. So you get some podcasts. We do some good. It's wins all around. And uh, I should remind you, if you're hearing this the day this episode goes live, it's Wednesday, August 31st. Patreon will charge you the day you sign up and then the first of the month. So just wait until tomorrow. You're not gaining anything. You're just going to lose an extra $2 if you sign up today. Just wait until September 1st. You know what I mean? I'm, I try to be honest. I don't want to rip anybody off. Wait one more day. Sign up September 1st. Then you get the whole month and you're covered. Uh, and then I got a plug. I'm on Twitch. You can find me over there. I just get on sporadically. Twitch.tv slash member the game. Um, never beg for subs or anything. It's free. You can just come hang out and make fun of my stupid face. And it's lots of fun. That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you by blowing in the cartridges at our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our patrons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment blowing in the cartridge. He blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. Let's blow. And our first blower this week is Emma Frude, who wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, weird question. What homemade meal reminds you of growing up? I'm wondering if Canadian mama's food is different to the UK. For most of us, it's your mom's Sunday roast. Actually, my mom would make Sunday roast a lot too. But you know what meal? I don't know if anybody else ate this. We used to call it garbage soup when I was a kid. And it was basically just like a giant pot of like elbow macaroni, tomatoes, onions, ground beef, and garlic salt. And like, we would eat it for like three days when my mom would make it and I can smell it right now. Just talking about it. And I know it sounds very basic. It is maybe we're poor. I don't know, but it was delicious. That's, that's the meal that reminds me of being a kid is my mom's garbage soup. I don't know if anybody else ate that stuff. Uh, and then yeah, Sunday roast for sure. Thanks Emma for writing in Batman wrote in. That's a distinct honor and said, uh, hello there, Adam. Just curious if you are going to be doing more superhero games like potentially Batman Arkham Asylum or City in the future for the podcast. Also, I love the podcast and the games you've featured on it. Keep up the good work, sir. Uh, well, thank you, Batman. You're kind of biased if you're asking me to cover Arkham Asylum or City. But yes, we are definitely going to cover probably both of those games. Like, I can't speak to all the superhero games we're going to cover, but I will let you know some of the superhero games that we've kicked around behind the scenes to cover on future episodes of the podcast include Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Ultimate Spider-Man for the PS2. That's right. Played it anyways. Uh, X-Men Legends. I don't think we've covered X-Men Legends yet or X-Men Legends 2. 
I don't think we have. Maybe we have. But if we haven't, those are on the those are on the list as well. So that's just a few of the superhero games that we've talked about covering. You can bank on those someday. Thank you uh, for writing in Batman, and I'm sorry about your parents. Uh, Blair Chevrefils. Chev- Blair, whose last name I probably didn't say right, wrote in and said, Hey, Blank. So roughly three weeks ago, both of my kids had friends sleep over. Actually, one of them had two friends sleep over. So there was myself, my two kids, and three of their friends. And me and the kids decided to play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge uh, oh, pardon me. Myself and my kids had played Shredder's Revenge before with the three of us, but that night all six of us started playing it locally. Holy fuck. That was some of the most fun I have had playing video games in years. It was complete fucking chaos in a good way. If you ever get a chance to get six people together and play that on local co-op, I highly, highly recommend it. Good times were had. Long live the Wii Switch, as my li- my wife likes to call it. Dude, I can't. I don't even remember the last time I had five of my friends in my fucking house much less six of us together to play couch co-op. But that sounds like a blast. Dude, to play Teenage Mutant, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles beat-em-up with five kids just sounds like nostalgia over. Like That would be just a fucking great time. That sounds so pure. I love this. Thank you for sharing it. And I want to shout out Ethan and Barrett if you're hearing this right now. I hope you guys played as Donnie and Michelangelo. And uh, thank you all for listening to the show. And fuck yeah. If, listen, everybody listen to this. If you've yet to play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, best Turtles game ever made. Play it. It is outstanding. I love that fucking game. Uh, Pie Guy 300 wrote in and said, hey, Adam, third time writing in. I, you know why you're getting read this week, Pie Guy? Because I respect your honesty. I recently picked up cigars, and I was wondering if you've ever tried one. What cigars do you favor if you've had any? Cheers, my friend. I have never smoked a cigar in my life. I should try one. I just, I don't, I, I do have as, I know you don't smoke, smoke cigars. I'm not sure how it works. I guess you're not supposed to inhale cigars. I don't know. I don't smoke them, but I don't really, the only thing I smoke is pot, and I shouldn't even smoke that, but, because I have asthma. Um, I've never smoked cigarettes, and I've never tried a cigar. Someday I will. I like scotch. I like whiskey. I'm a pretty, cla- I like, I'm a, I'm class. I'm all class. I should try a cigar. At some point I will, uh, pie guy, probably try a cigar. Let me know what you'd recommend. Uh, man of war wrote in and said, Hey Adam, I was wondering since the Nintendo switch is now five years old, how close do you think we are to the next generation of gaming consoles? Now I assume you mean the next generation of switch gaming consoles. Cause we did just get the PS five and the series X S which will, you know, probably be around for the next decade or so. But uh, t- like, We've talked about this before. How far away are we from a new Nintendo Switch? Like, that thing is still selling like crazy. So I don't think they're in any hurry to get away from it. But I'm... And, and listen, I'm I'm a Nintendo fanboy, and I'm not a graphic snob at all. I really... I play a game because it's fun. Some of my favorite games that are modern games are the indie titles that look like retro games. Like, I... Listen, fancy schmancy graphics are, are great, but give me a game that is fun over a game that looks sexy all day. That said... The Switch is starting to show its age. And I, I would I would go as far as to say the Switch might replace the Super Nintendo as my favorite console of all time. I love the Nintendo Switch. But it is, especially like when you spend some time playing PS5 or Series X or you PC geeks with your PCs, the Switch the Switch looks old. It's it's it it is old. I I if I had to guess when we're gonna get our next Nintendo console, I will say uh what are we at now? August of 2022. I'll say I'll say 2020 late 2024 early 2025. That's when I think we'll get our next switch. I think they're going to let the semiconductor shortage shit play itself out. Frankly, I think they're going to sit back and see how the Steam Deck does and see uh, you know, is more power like are people willing to pay more for more power? I think they're going to look at that. I think they're going to wait and see how remote play and streaming and stuff like XCloud and things go. Um 
until the Switch stops selling, I don't think they're in any hurry to get rid of it. I would love a new Switch or a new console tomorrow, but I don't, I don't, I think we're looking at a couple more years. Maybe you disagree. Let me know. I, I'm, my prediction for a new Nintendo console is late 2024, early 2025. Be like seven, eight years. That's from the launch. That's when I think we're going to get our next Nintendo system. Uh, thanks for writing in, Man of War. Lord Finish said, Hey, man, you keep saying that you refuse to use walkthroughs or guides. Well, actually, in the Ninja Turtles episode of Adam Sucks at Video Games, you did, in fact, admit you were using a walkthrough. But why not? Personally, I think I've earned my wings, if you know what I mean. I've played through fucking Castlevania 2, Ninja Turtles, and Zelda 2 without even speaking English and only help being some hints and tips segments in finished Nintendo magazines. So give me all the guides, maps, cheats, and easy modes. I don't care. I've suffered through hell back in the day. Now I can sit back, take the cheesy way through, and just enjoy the game. Well said, Lord Finish. I want to say I I will look up a walkthrough or a guide or I will do stuff like that, but I'll fight it until I absolutely need to. Uh, so when I say I refuse, let me just say that like I'm a man of very little integrity. And when I say that, it means that I'll fight it, but eventually I'll take the plunge. I hate getting hints. I've talked about this before. Part of the reason I don't stream a lot of games that I've never played before is because people are always offering me hints or telling me what's coming up and I hate it. I don't want help. When we do escape rooms, I'm the one in the team who's like, no, we don't need a hint, even though we're completely fucking stuck. I just, it's just me. I'm just a stubborn sack of shit. It's all it comes down to. I'm just a stubborn motherfucker. And I want to figure it out on my own. But I, I do occasionally. It's so easy now, right? Like when you were a kid and it was like my only choice is to call the Nintendo hotline. And my mom's like, you're not fucking calling and paying eight bucks a minute or whatever the fuck it is uh, to have some kid tell you how to beat Batman. That's fair. But now, like I've got my phone. I got my computer all sitting here with Google and YouTube that'll tell me how to do literally anything I've ever wanted to do in a video game. It's hard not to. So I do do it. I, I don't let myself get like mad I mean, listen, I get mad, but I don't let myself get like to the point of causing myself harm physically or mentally over frustration. I'll look it up before I get there, but it's, it's a last resort. I, that's just me. I'm just stubborn. I want to figure it out on my own. I just, yeah, that's me. But well said, Lord Finish agreed. And finally, before we move on, it's letter time. It's letter time. Clayton Robertson wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, long time patron, first time blowing you. I mean, blowing in the cartridge. I, well done. I was wondering if you ever regret selling your collection of video games. I've got quite the GBA library as well as multiple custom Game Boys that I built, and I don't think I'd ever part with that. I'm going to have a baby soon, and I'm going to make sure he grows up playing retro games until he discovers that there's new stuff out there. I'm 23, so I know I'm a little young to fully understand the Atari and NES, but I grew up playing the SNES and PS2 and Game Boy Advance. Was there any reason why you stopped collecting or why you sold your collection? So, uh, yeah, if you don't know... A lot of our long listeners know this. I used to be a game collector and probably, I don't remember. Boy, it was probably seven or eight years ago now. I sold everything except my Super Nintendo and my Super Nintendo collection. And then eventually I took the plunge and sold. I think it was when they added Earthbound to the Wii U virtual console so I could play it. That was when I sold it. And to answer your question, do I regret it? Uh, Sometimes. But the thing is, is like, listen, I grew up in the 80s and the 90s. I have as much nostalgia for blowing in an NES cartridge or, you know, rage fucking flipping that little power switch on the SNES or like I, I grew up with those same memories the rest of you have. And I'm nostalgic for that. And I have a lot, dude, hardly a, 
I bet you every month I consider collecting again. I consider just like just just slowly acquiring my favorite systems and my favorite games of all time to have them. But then I'm like, the hobby has gotten insanely expensive, and I'm like, I just it's I it's so convenient to play them on Xbox or on PlayStation or on the Switch or on my mini consoles or or whatever. It's so so convenient and i have a limited budget just like everybody else and it's like i don't know if i can bring myself to drop like what's a copy of earthbound worth now like fucking three or four hundred dollars and i'm like i love that game but i have it i can just play it anytime i want on my you know what i mean and it's like plus i don't have a crt tv and then you got to deal with the adapters and stuff like that and we moved into a smaller place and i i needed less clutter uh so i i moved it so do i regret it sometimes Um, and I do consider getting back into it as far as like why I stopped and why I sold it. It just came down to like, I actually, so, uh, my girlfriend needed a new computer, a new laptop. And you know, we didn't have a ton of extra money at the time. And I was lukewarm on the collecting thing at that point. That's why I sold most of my collection. Uh, was I, I was kind of getting out of it anyway. So I sold it. And then I used the money to surprise Shaylee with a new computer. Uh, yeah, fucking see, I'm not just a total piece of shit. Sometimes I'm a pretty goddamn nice boyfriend. Uh, so that was why I initially sold it and I just haven't gone back. So I still think about it. I do collect a little bit of GameCube right now because those games are kind of lost in obscurity, but it's an expensive fucking hobby, man. Um, I don't know if I'll ever get full blown into it, but I do regret it sometimes. I mean, like, I don't, you know, especially because like, sure, she likes her computer, but we probably could have just bought a computer eventually anyways and i'd still have my games but i'm earthbound is the one i miss it was my childhood copy too i know some of you are probably cringing but i wanted to make her happy anyways anyway that answers you i hope that answers your question clayton thank you for writing in thanks to everybody that blew in the cartridge this week as always let's switch things up and let's get into our smash hit segment the official game show of remember the game industries play one remake one erase one And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released, remake one as a modern game. The third is erased from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers. There just is a right one. And we'll get to what that is in just a minute. Uh, This week, because we're talking Silent Hill, I went with three retro horror games that are a little bit more obscure. They're not Silent Hill or Resident Evil because I knew if I put one of those in there, they'd dominate. We have System Shock 2, clock tower and manhunt both clock tower and manhunt have been recommended for this podcast numerous times system shock maybe has come up once or twice but it's pc and yeah i'm not a pc guy uh 29 of you said you would play system shock remake manhunt and erase clock tower so let's see what a few of you had to say here and then i'll tell you what the right answer was william shaw said what a strange Horror hipster selection of games. Mama said Manhunt is the devil, so erase it. Clock Tower is short and corny, so leave it as it is because it can't lose that charm. And Remake System Shock, I've never heard of it as a big horror game fan, so I'm going to assume it sucks and needs a remake. I love that logic so much. Well, I've never heard of that game. It must suck. I Fucking bonus points. Well, you have gotten one get-off double secret probation for free card. I've never given one of those out, William Shaw, but you just got one. Well done. I like your logic. 
Uh, Hogzilla wrote in and said, first time, long time, Adam, I'm going to play Clock Tower as it sounds like a badass game. And who doesn't love towers and giant scissors? I'm going to remake Manhunt as I used to play the shit out of this game and with it remade to Mortal Kombat 11 goriness, it would be amazeballs. And that leaves System Shock 2 on the cutting board. Sorry, I never played it so it can leave and my life would not have changed. I can, I can get on board with that logic. Although you said, who doesn't love towers and giant scissors? <laughs> Wait till you get to my answers. Hogzilla, you may not like what I have to say. Matt Woody said, I've never played any of these, but I'm also very easily scared, so I steer away from games like this. However, I watched someone play Manhunt, and it was terrifying, so I'll play it now that its graphics are dated. As for the other two, I flipped a coin. I'll remake System Shock 2 and Erase Clock Tower, but I'd erase all of them if that was a choice. Well, it's fucking not, Matt Woody, and you're gonna you're getting single secret probation because you did play by the rules, but then you spit on the fucking rules by saying I'd erase all of them. So, single secret because you played along plus your last name is Woody and I think of Woody from Toy Story and who doesn't love Woody but still single secret probation for that slap in the face and Gnome Slayer Turn 1 that's a long name said first time player seeing as I have limited play time on two of the three games here and I plan on cheating a little because if you ain't cheating you're not trying I would play Clock Tower because I have played it and from what I remember it was a pretty interesting concept I'll remake Manhunt because it was a game I always wanted to play and just didn't having it remade with current gen abilities in Unreal Engine 5 would probably be a crazy experience if done right or think of a vr version in the vein of the classic movie brain scan i've not seen brain scan so i can't think of it that way uh and then i would erase system shock 2 because it's currently being remade haha ha, hopefully this doesn't get me any probation time well it doesn't get probation time and there are no definitive rules on what erasing a game actually does to the game in the grand scheme of things but bet your ass if you're erasing it you're erasing the remake of system shock 2 as well so i hope you're happy with yourself gnome slayer uh 10% 10% of you voted the way I did this week including Blaine the Hoagie Man who said I'm going to play Manhunt the concept the concept of sneaking around in the shadows and killing people snuff film style is pretty fun and it should be left alone I'll remake System Shock I never played it but I think that game has the most remake potential and I'll erase Clock Tower I don't see that one being more fun than the other two uh my logic is different than yours but my order is the same I would play Manhunt because I've played Manhunt 2 and thought it was fucking awesome so I gotta play the original and I have it sitting here uh, as a gift from the community. I gotta play it eventually. I'm gonna remake System Shock 2 because it's from the creator of Bioshock and that buys it a ton of goodwill in my books. Uh, and all I would do with the remake is port it to console. I wouldn't even change it. I would just get it off PC so I don't have to fucking play it on PC. I would just port it to console. And I'm gonna erase Clock Tower not because I think it looks bad, but frankly, the idea of a guy chasing me through a giant tower with a huge pair of scissors uh, is just too scary for me. Uh, that sounds like the most terrifying of the three. So I'm going to erase Clock Tower due to it scaring me the most. Thank you to everyone that wrote in and played along as always this week. What have I been playing over the last week? And then we'll get into, uh, what are we talking about? Silent Hill 3. Uh, I've been playing Curse to Golf, a little indie golfing game on my Switch. I fucking really, really like it. It's kind of a roguelike golf game. I may review it on Expansion Pass in the coming weeks, uh, but I love golf video games and I'm really digging Curse to Golf. I have also been playing Half-Life on PC as it won this month's last month's Patreon poll, uh, I have a lot to say about this game. I've played Half-Life 2, I, I played it on Xbox. I fucking loved Half-Life 2. And now that I've seen where the series began, I agree with all of you. I want a Half-Life 3, but I never want to play another game with mouse and keyboard as long as I live. And I know that's sacrilege to some of you PC Master Racers. I understand. It's different strokes for different folks. 
I will get more into that in a few weeks when we actually cover Half-Life on the podcast. There is a Half-Life episode of Remember the Game coming, I promise. And then I started playing Grand Theft Auto 4 uh, for another episode of Remember the Game. Really, really digging it as well, but I'm only a couple hours in. Roman fucking slaps. Uh, but I'm only a couple hours into that, so we'll see how that goes. That's what I've been playing. And then by the time you're hearing this, I'm playing the Ninja Turtles Cowbunga collection. Fuck yeah, I can't wait for that collection. Let's talk Silent Hill 3. That's why you're here. That's the main event. As always, I like to give our listeners a chance to sound off before my guests and I hog the microphone. Munch Makuchi wrote in, and I got to be honest, Munch, I did cut your message down. You wrote a long fucking message, and I love and respect the passion, but I had to trim it for airtime. Uh, Much Makuchi said, Silent Hill 3 is one of my favorite horror games of all time and easily my favorite in the series. I know that many series fans prefer the second installment. However, that entry is neither connected to the rest of the series, nor can it be in any fashion. The first, third, and fourth titles are, by hardcore fans, considered to be essentially a connected trilogy. The entire series is steeped in deep influences of awkward are occultism and demon worship the series is not helped by the fact that some of the translations are not exactly accurate which changes some of the underlying meanings of the inter- of the inferences that the player is supposed to draw from the experience for anyone that is interested there's a fantastic video series on youtube by twin perfect that covers every game in the series and how it fits into the overall silent hill world it is pretty lengthy so get some popcorn now basically munch went on to just say how much munch makuchi loves this game i sorry munch i had to trim it but I, I love the passion. I get it, and I love the passion. Uh, Lugnut wrote in and said, As a huge horror game fan and Silent Hill franchise fanatic, I love this game. I keep the original three close to my heart. The memories of bringing this game home, turning off all the lights, and having a blast. I've been playing this franchise in order again recently for my wife. She loves the story, but she has a hard time playing, which I fucking get. I think the story is better than the gameplay as well. Not to dunk on it. You're going to hear what I think in a minute, but... The gameplay can be a little frustrating at times. So I understand that. Maverick Marty wrote in and said, Holy fucking shit. I have been a huge Silent Hill fan since I played the first one on PS1. This game is terrifying and has so many references to other media and books of the horror genre if you recognize them. Also, the puzzles on hard difficulty will melt your brain. The atmosphere of Silent Hill just swallows you up and doesn't let go, even after turning off the game. I've been excited for this episode since you said you were playing it, Adam. Whatever gripes or praise you have, let's go. Fuck yeah. I I, I appreciate that, Maverick, that you're like, hey, I love this game, and I don't even care if you... like." Thank you for not just instantly being like, you're an idiot if you don't like it. I appreciate that. Uh, Kemos Bia, I hope I said that right. Kemos Bia wrote in and said, love the OG three Silent Hills and this one especially. I love the voice acting in the Haunted House segment. I really dig the manifestation of Heather's evil doppelganger and the boss fight. I enjoyed playing as her, Pyramid Head, and the Legion with the Robbie Rabbit skin in Dead by Daylight. So you you Silent Hill fans are fucking a hardcore bunch, man. I like it. I, I I respect I feel that way about Mario. And you know what? Fucking ghost houses are pretty goddamn scary. So and Frankie Napoleon wrote in and said, Silent Hill is the best series in the survival horror genre, in my opinion. I remember being around seven years old and my mom would play the Silent Hill one and two. I would fall asleep to watching her play those games and I'd have nightmares. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. As a 29-year-old man, I'm legitimately afraid of the dark, and I'm sure it's because of this game. It kind of just stuck with me my whole life. Silent Hill 2 is the goat of the franchise, but I always thought Silent Hill 3 was way scarier. I love the opening of the game, how you start in the amusement park, but it's a dream. Then you go back to the amusement park later, and the fucking haunted house part. Man, this game is so good. I don't necessarily disagree with you, Frankie, and uh, minus the being afraid of the dark. I'm I'm afraid of bees, so... No problem. Everyone's afraid of something. I get it. Uh, We're going to talk Silent Hill 3. It's time. We're half an hour in. That's why you kids are here. First, I'm going to talk to Ryan, the sponsor of this week's episode. And then my buddy Patrick and I are going to take a long look at Silent Hill 3. I am going to queue up some music. 
I haven't actually looked up the music yet, so I don't know how good the music... I can't remember how good the music is in Silent Hill 3 because it's a lot of... But whatever. Uh, when it stops, uh, Ryan, Patrick, and I are going to talk Silent Hill 3, which originally released in North America on the PlayStation 2 on August 5th, 2003. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. Look, we've all been there. You're on your computer. You're plugging away at a project or a video or a podcast. And then somehow you lose your work. The computer crashes. You drop your phone on the delete key. Your hard drive isn't terraformed or whatever it is. Hey, lightning strikes the transmitter. It doesn't matter. Bottom line, your work is gone and it's devastating. Which is why you need backup, literally, in the form of Crash Plan. They're offering a free trial of their computer backup services and some special deals, all for the hot dogs at CrashPlan.com RTG. Crash Plan is the ultimate computer backup service. Whether you're just a solo internet renegade like myself, or you run a business with a bunch of people all click-clacking away, Crash Plan hangs out in the background while you work, and every 15 minutes, they encrypt and backup all the files on your computer that have changed in that time. So if if your computer decides to jerk you around and they do and you lose your work a backup is waiting for you and it's not a backup from yesterday it's a backup from the last 15 minutes come on now that's that's pretty sweet and not only are they saving the most recent versions of your work they can back up unlimited versions of your work so it's like a rewind button realize you screwed something up an hour ago just rewind an hour go find an old version of it and you're just like that you're done you're back to the races it's awesome time is money don't waste your day redoing your work in a rage-filled stupor if something goes wrong. Check out Crash Plan, invest in a safety net, and save yourself a ton of time and stress when your computer decides not to play nice. Seems like a no-brainer to me. Go to CrashPlan.com RTG to sign up for a free trial and take advantage of one of their limited-time buy-one-get-one offers for Remember the Game listeners. That's CrashPlan.com RTG. Back up better with Crash Plan. All right, so as I'm sure I mentioned during the uh, infamous intro, this is one of our prestigious sponsored episodes of Remember the Game, where one of the members of the community basically yelled at me and said, I'm sick of your shit, play this game. And uh, obviously, this week it was Silent Hill 3, and the guy that yelled at me and said, I'm sick of your shit, play this game, uh, is Ryan, longtime member of the community. Ryan, what's up, buddy? How's it going? How's it going, bro? Going good. Uh, I'm doing good. I, I, I got to say, man, so this was my first thorough experience with silent hill i played a little bit of the original game and then i've never touched them again and because as people that listen to the show know i'm a pussy and i suck with scary things but i finally <laughs> played this one to come to to uh completion and uh i'm gonna shut up and ask you why you like it because i'll i'll talk about it more in the main part of the podcast but like man this is a fucking i was impressed i like this way more than i thought i was going to yeah. Uh, I didn't love it, but I, I like there was a couple of things about it that drove me fucking bananas, but I really liked it. So I'll I'll shut up. The floor is yours for a minute here. Why Silent Hill 3 and why Silent Hill? Like, what's, so the, what's the story? This was literally my my entry into Silent Hill 3. Uh, up to this point, you you couldn't get me to play a scary game. Like if someone was playing, you know, Resident Evil 1 or 2 on the PlayStation or the N64, and we all know how that looks now. Like, if I was in the room and you were playing that, nightmares for weeks. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to – I'd heard about Silent Hill. Uh, friends had played Silent Hill 1. Uh, Silent Hill 2 was the, the juggernaut that it was. And everyone yeah. was like, these games are so amazing. But 
I was at a flea market. I don't know what you know. I don't know if you have flea markets up in Canada, but it's pretty yeah. much just a big, you know, area where the vendors go. And yeah. uh, there was a vendor who had old school PS2 games and I was just flipping through and lo and behold, there was Silent Hill three and it was like 15 bucks. And I had, I had a 20 on me. So I was like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. I got it home. And uh, that was probably the, the most terror inducing two months of my life because i didn't I, I didn't end up finishing my disc actually broke on me like it stopped reading oh. so i only made it up to the hospital point at first but that was that was that was amazing and terrifying at the same time because like i would play it and i would just be sitting there like you know sweaty hands on the controller like yeah. all tense and like someone would walk in the room and i'd squeal like a little girl but at the same time I would uh, put it down, go to bed, wake up the next day, and be like, "All right, time to play this. This yeah. is this. I, I want to know what happens." Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's like. So first of all, like this game is scary. Um, I do think a little bit of the edge has been taken off. Just as we were talking about off air, like you play something like Resident Evil Seven or Eight now, or Outlast, or the PT yeah. demo, or whatever, and like modern games i think just as a whole are a little bit creepier because the graphics are better and stuff like that but to me like this game was creepy in the first half once you get to the hospital and as i'm sure i warned you all in the intro like we are going to spoil some shit here once you get to me once it gets to the hospital that's when it really starts to like ratchet up the fucking yeah it ramps it up for me it was the uh it was the subway like oh the subways terrified me as a kid and while i was sitting there playing through it again getting ready for the the podcast it was just like that old feeling of anxiety, like, yeah. oh, fuck, all these empty hallways, and I can hear my boots walk or running across the floor, and just, what, what's there? What's there? What's there? And there's just something about being underground. like that, And, like, and the fact that you're just going deeper and deeper underground into these dark fucking caverns, and... Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... So, like, I'll ask you, dude, do you play Resident Evil? Like, like you can't talk... it Like, they're so attached to the hip. Like, Silent Hill and Resident Evil are always going to be you know, like Spyro and crash type thing. Like they're just, they're always, you know, they came out around the same time. And so like, yeah. do you play both or are you just silent Hill? Uh, I play both. I was, you know, I was late adapter to resident evil as well yeah. uh, because I didn't want to play horror games up to this point. But, uh, uh, you know, I feel like zombie games are kind of overrated or not really overrated. They're overused. I'm sorry. Yes, they sure are. Uh, me. It seems like you know you get a a new res a new zombie movie or zombie game or zombie book or zombie yeah. this or that. So Resident Evil didn't hit as hard with me as far as you know the horror aspect sure. like Silent Hill did because everyone as a kid was afraid of the dark. No question. Yeah. Everyone no and everyone as a kid was you know they had that illogical fear of something. Yeah. And. Sound Hill, Sound Hill, the Sound Hill series as a whole hits almost every single one of those bullet points, and it's in some way to everybody. Yeah, like I think the two franchises—they're both horror, they're both survival horror games, but they're in complete opposite directions. Like Resident Evil is more action-based and zombies. Silent Hill is a lot more like psychological horror and puzzles, and like, and that was like one of my really the only major. I guess semi criticism I had of this game was like I under like I understand 
that combat is not the primary focus of Silent Hill. I and I, I totally mm-hmm. get that concept. The only thing that drove me crazy was the odd time where I kind of got thrown into where I had no choice. Yes, but to have yes. to fight, and I was like, oh when God. you have to fight, it's really bad. But I was yes. like, ninety nine percent of the time, I was just running away from enemies and yes. trying to, and that's when it was at its best, in my opinion. You know? Unless like, you were, unless you were somewhere where you know you were in a hallway and like the the insane cancer, the, the big fat thing that would lay yeah. on the ground and stand up. Yeah. Like, and if you were in a hallway with one of those, just go ahead and pull your shotgun or pistol out because you're not running past those things. No, they take or, up the whole fucking corridor. Or. Uh, or you're in another room and it's full of closers, the big things with the club arms. Yeah. Yeah. No, just pull your guns out. You, you can't run past those. They're going to yeah. hit you. They're going to knock you down. They're going to get in your way that I, I will agree. The, the combat is, is frustrating. And, you know, later, later uh, entries in the series, they kind of fix that because the, how you have to, you know, stop your character and then ready your weapon and then hit a whole nother button to attack yeah. and then stop and then put your weapon down and then turn and run again. Yeah. The later entries, they kind of, they kind of stream like streamlined that. So it's not as, you know, clunky. Oh, so it, it makes the combat a little bit better, but yeah, Cause absolutely. Like, Cause like people dunk on the controls in these and the old resident evil games, like the tank controls and stuff like that. I, I love, despise, no, no, I love oh. it different. I love it. Cause I think it adds to the tension. <sighs> Like, it's frustrating sometimes, especially in this one. I walked off so many edges, like, by mistake, <laughs> and I was just like, Heather, you fucking idiot. Just take a step back. Like, it, yep. and I know it's on me to pull the analog stick back, but I wouldn't do it. But I, I, I know it's frustrating, but I love the way it adds a little bit of tension that I can't just run through. And I, you know, I can't kick flip off yep. walls and jump on. Like, I, it's, it, it's so fucking tense sometimes when you know there's enemies coming and you're slow moving and stuff like that. It just... You don't, you don't, you know, yep. you're, it's fine if you just, yep. you're not, you're not a tank control guy. No, oh God. I, <laughs> I, oh my God, bro. Nothing made me matter replaying these games again. Nothing refueled that old anger. Like when I first, when you first start in that nightmare world in the amusement park, when you first start the game yeah. and I went, you know, I pushed the analog forward and she did some like crazy sideways movement. And I'm like, oh, yep. I remember yeah. this. I'm gonna be mad this whole game. It takes some getting used to. They're they're wonky fucking controls, man. Yes. Um, but like I said, it does add to it. And like to get into the like to me, what this game does best. It's funny when you and I were texting about the game before we did this, I was calling it closed door simulator. Yes. Um <laughs> and like when I first dude, if you've never played this game, everybody, like everywhere you go, it's just doors, fucking doors, and like three out of four don't open. But yep. you have to try all of them to find the one that, and like I started out getting irritated with it, and then by the end of the game, I was like, it really adds a lot when you're going through that fucking hospital, and there's like 15 locked patient rooms, mm-hmm. and you never know which one's gonna open, and then one does open, and you're like, you get this momentary sense of like, oh, thank fuck, because there's all these bad guys in the hall, but then it opens, and then there's three of them in the fucking room with you too. <laughs> they're but in the add- room too. Yeah, but it added to it. I I thought like what this game does best by a hundred miles, and what it does better. I'm a bigger Resident Evil fan than Silent Hill, but what this game does better than anything I've done in Resident Evil is the the tension and the like the mm-hmm. like the psychological horror. There's that one scene, and I wanted to ask you what your what your favorite part of the game is. My favorite part of this whole game is when you're in the hospital and you go into that one room and the door locks behind you and there's is just a the big mirror? wall mirror, bro, oh. and it just gradually like covers everything <laughs> in blood and everything gets dark. I was like, this is fucked. Like I couldn't yep. handle that in VR or anything. Yeah, um, when I was it, a kid, uh, it's funny that you bring up the mirror. Uh, 
before my disc stopped working in the hospital, that was, that was one of the last things I did. I, I was trying to figure out where to go, how to get to Leonard Wolf so I could get through the fucking hospital. Yeah. I went into that room in that mirror and my sister was in the room watching me and you know, the door locks behind you. And I'm like, well, what the fuck, where do I go? And I didn't notice that all this, the, you know, that black shit was like yeah. kind of closing in on you. And my sister's like, uh, what is that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she like points at the TV and I'm like, I'm, I start freaking out. I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm going to die. And I'm like running around in circles, trying to figure out what to do. I'm like yeah. going to the locked door, trying to open it. It was, it was awful. It's fucked, man. I like, I was saying it before. I know this franchise has been dormant for quite a while and I know people are begging for it to come back. I can't even fathom what a silent Hill game on PS five or Xbox series X hardware would be like. And I want it now. I'm yeah, like, like I want to see what you can do on steroids, dude. And Outlast is too much. I can't do fucking. <laughs> I can't do that fucking game. Um, I also wanted to point out too, like the. I think that this game has some of the best. So, like, I guess when you play it on different difficulties, the puzzles and stuff change. Yes. Um, I played it on normal for uh, combat and puzzles. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the puzzles and like so many video game puzzles are such garbage. Like you walk in, including Resident Evil, like you walk in and it's like, oh, there's an elephant statue and a lion statue. And there's two pedestals over there with an elephant and a lion on them. I wonder what we have to do. Like, And you're like, this is fucking ridiculous. Some of the puzzles in this game are genius. I love them. Love yes. them. Like, because I'm a puzzle guy to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, So I just was like, like, and you played it back in the day. Did you find it like, fr- I never once found the puzzles frustrating. Like I just enjoyed doing them. I thought they were not, clever. Not really frustrating, more... Um more more of a hindrance i guess because you know nothing feels better when you're you've you've been playing a game you know you're you're not spoiling it for yourself you know you want to do everything on your own yeah and you've been stuck on this puzzle for hours and you finally figure it out oh. it's just a feeling of just i'm i'm a badass i know yeah i know it's incredible the only thing i found irritating was uh that like sometimes I would I would play like ten or fifteen minutes, get to a puzzle, fail, die, and then have to go back to this like and do the puzzle again. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. and like, but I thought that like so I don't know. Okay, like fuck, we're gonna run out of time here. I, I have so much to say about this game. I really like this fucking game. <laughs> um, the checkpoints I thought were reasonable, but I I played it on the HD collection version. Before listeners yell at me, look up the cost of a copy of Silent Hill Three for the PS2, and then look up a cost of the HD collection uh fuck you <laughs> like i was like i'm playing the hd you'll play. understand yeah so i don't know if they reworked the checkpoints or anything from the original but i thought they were perfectly reasonable um as far as i know the checkpoints they stayed the same you know okay. uh most of the boss fights if you die for whatever reason which the only boss fight that you should really have any problems with is uh is god at the end yeah, of the game that was the only one that i had any uh, problems with yeah i'd i'd forgotten that there was even checkpoints in the game until I got to that point, because that was really the only uh, that was the only boss that I had problems with because I hoard my ammo yeah. like a dragon. And uh, I got to that point and I just unloaded everything and the boss still wasn't dead. And I was like, well, fuck, what do I do? Yeah. Yeah. It was a cool boss. I, I thought the story was like, it makes me want to play the other ones because I don't entirely understand the story, but I got most of it. Um, it so was- the story. The the story to to three is uh, it's it's a uh, <clears throat> it's a direct sequel to one. So right, the end of one, uh, Harry Mason he kills God, he kills uh, the Order's God, and uh, Alessa is reborn as, I guess Cheryl. Yeah. Cheryl is uh, 
Cheryl is the reincarnation of Alessa. Like I might be, I might be mixing some of that up because it's been so long since I played one, but I do know that <clears throat> Heather Mason in three is Cheryl Mason from one. Like, so that's, it, it literally picks up where one left off 17 years later. Right. Like there's a part where you go back to your apartment after you get out of the mall and do the subway. And then her dad is dead in the chair. Mm -hmm. That's the guy from Silent Hill one, right? Yes. Yeah. See, that's fucking, that makes me want to play the first one. Um, I wanted to ask you before we, we wrap this up, like I could fucking go forever on this game. Um, I only played the HD collection version and I know a lot of people shit on it, but I looked up the PS2 cutscenes afterwards, like the end, cause I want to see the alternate endings. Cause I only got the one ending They're and they hilarious. were the PS. What's that? The, the UFO ending is hilarious. What the fuck was that? I, saw, I thought it was fake. I thought that like some fucking, some fan just put that online for kicks, but I guess that really is one of the endings. Yep. Fucking insane. But I, I saw the, the comparisons and I do think the voice acting and stuff in the PS2 version is better, but I didn't mm -hmm. think that the remake was that bad. Like you've played both. Is it like, are, like what, are they that bad? I don't think it's that bad. I don't understand why everybody hates it. it this wasn't. might be, this might be because I'm biased because I'm, I love Silent Hill and, and uh, everything, but as far as you know, the PS2. If if you stand them side by side, the visuals look better in the HD collection. Uh, I do think the audio, the you know, the soundtrack, the voice acting. I do think that sounds better in the PS2 version, but it's yeah. not. It's not that much of a, a that much. It's not that much of a difference that people should be up in arms over it. Yeah, like I listen if i was like a diehard fan of the original versions and then i got a, a sub a subpar remaster or hd collection i could understand being upset but if you're listening to this and you've never played these games don't let the negative feedback of the remake of the hd collection scare you off like i played this and i was it was fine like i didn't yeah, like absolutely. there was the odd moment where the audio got a little wonky uh the voice acting wasn't quite synced up the like the uh oh fuck okay we gotta end this i i, I really we, we do but like uh, the the static the radio static mechanic mm -hmm. is the fucking coolest thing in Silent Hill. Yep, dude, when you're the walking through the that static, the closer you are to monsters. When you're walking through that fucking subway and it's quiet, and then all of a sudden just, oh Jesus Christ! You're like, oh no, <laughs> fucking something's about to kill me. Those fucking dogs, those yep. fucking dogs, and I don't want to hurt them, but I got to. Yeah. Um, man, fucking sick game. Um, fuck, what are we gonna score this thing out of, Ryan? We can't score it out of three. That's no fucking good. Yeah, I was I was thinking about that, and uh, so the, the the I guess the primary antagonist of this game would be Alessa. She is she's the she's the dark side of Heather. Yeah, and if uh, I don't know if you if you got to this part, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to extend this, but uh, no, in no. the hospital, there's a part where uh, there's a there's a phone booth. In the hospital, if you go to it, you get a, a some random dude calls and starts singing "Happy Birthday." Birthday. Yes, I did get that. That was creepy and as fuck, by the she, way. Yeah, it was creepy as uh, fuck. She says she, you know, the he sings "Happy Birthday" and everything, and he says "Happy thirty first birthday," and then he says "Happy twenty fourth birthday." Well, thirty one would have been Alessa's age if the order hadn't have murdered her. <clears throat> And caused oh. all that shit to happen at the beginning of Silent Well, not the beginning, prior to Silent Hill 1. Right, right, right. So, I mean, I'm cool with 31 or That's 24. Because 24 would have been uh, Cheryl's age, Harry's daughter. Right. If, you know, things hadn't happened at the beginning of Silent Hill 1. Ah, fuck. That might be the single 
most intelligent version of my shit scoring scale we've ever had. Because mine is usually <laughs> like, oh, there's 17 characters. But that was fucking genius. Uh, okay, let's. I like the number 31. So let's go number 31. So if you were scoring Silent Hill 3 out of 31, what would you give it? And there's no you don't have to you don't have to apply the Super Mario tax. You can do whatever the fuck you want. It's your your game. Honestly, uh, Silent Hill One is very special to me, and uh, I I'm gonna rate I'm gonna rate it high because of that. I'm gonna give it uh, 29 and a half, and right. only take off those those couple of points because of the stupid fucking tank controls. <laughs> it's so funny that like they don't bother me. Like there's other things that piss me off. Like but the tank controls were fine. God, you're like no, I like awful. wow. That's funny. And um, <laughs> I'll take the I'll take the other point because the the difficulty spike at the end of the game it was I breezed through every boss everything up to that point and it took me the better part of a day just doing it over and over and over and over again to beat God. Yeah, that God fight is frustrating as fuck because if you don't have enough ammo, like I could see you're almost soft locking yourself into the end of the game if you don't have enough yeah. ammo when you fucking get there. So. But you know what? Everybody should know this by now. You keep multiple saves. Always keep multiple saves. Fucking rookie moves. Um, Ryan, my uh, my buddy Patrick and I are still going to fucking suck this game's dick for like another hour. I love this fucking game. Um, but bro, thank you so much for the support. Thanks for um, sponsoring the episode, obviously. And thank you for finally getting me to play a Silent Hill game because I get it now. I fucking get it now. I'm, I will. You asked me off air, am I going to play the others? I don't know when, but yes, I will play Silent Hill 1 and 2. Um, quickly uh, i wanted to ask you what would you rank the top the first three silent hill games best to worst how would you rank them uh two three one all right that's okay. two three one because two two because of pyramid head obviously. everybody that's, says pyramid head he's he's an icon he's he's a little bit overplayed at this point because he's in everything hell he's in he's in dead by daylight as a as a killer okay that's that's a little much but <laughs> uh you know he's iconic three the only reason i rate three lower is because two is that good sure uh and then one one is great one started silent hill one is the the reason that we have all the silent hills we have now but it's a little dry it's, i get it. it it's you can tell it was you can tell one was ps1 and then the other two were ps2 they right. were very limited to what they could do yeah for sure well, I'm excited. I gotta I gotta see what the fuck is up with Pyramid Head. I'm scared to even look at this fucking guy, but <laughs> I'll have to try these games. Um, dude, thank you so much again for for your for your generosity and for uh supporting the show and thank you for turning me on to Silent Hill. I get it. I finally you're, get it. Fucking you're awesome. very welcome, bro. Anytime. Uh <clears throat> you know, I'm uh I'm glad I got to do this. Uh, it, it, when you announced, you know, this this tier, this Patreon tier, I was like, I'm gonna do this. I don't care how. <laughs> I don't. I don't care if I have to count my quarters until I have a hundred. You know, the money I need. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to fucking do this. Well, I appreciate it, man. It was really nice meeting you too. This was fucking awesome. Yeah, you too, bro. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, we all need somebody: your spouse, your friends, your family. Lean on me. When you're not strong. I hope my singing didn't ruin your day. But the point is, we all need relationships. And unfortunately, they're not always easy. They take work. My substantially better half and I have put more work into our relationship than just about anything I've ever touched. And that's how she's been able to stand me for so long. It's give and take. And therapy can be a great way to help balance the taking with the giving. 
I've been beating this drum for a while and I will continue to beat. Talking to a therapist is one of the best decisions I've ever made. It's almost like a massage for your mind. My therapist has helped me be a better partner, friend, and person. And honestly, sometimes they've just been a great ear to bend when I need to vent about the stress in my life. And therapy can help anyone. You don't have to have been through some crazy trauma to reap the benefits of talking to somebody. If any of this is getting through and you're thinking about giving therapy a shot, consider BetterHelp. I've used them myself, and they're legit when they say they make therapy as convenient and accommodating as possible. Fill out a short questionnaire, and they'll match you with a licensed therapist that suits your needs, and you schedule appointments around your schedule. And all of your sessions are done online or over the phone, so you can squeeze in a mind massage when it works best for you. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash RememberTheGame today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash RememberTheGame. Okay, uh, joining me. Via the blank phone this week. This is my second attempt at this intro because, as you all know, audio technology and I technology and I don't get along. Uh, but joining me via the blank phone this week is become the guy that's like my go-to guest for both Game Boy games and scary games. You you found yourself a very niche role here at Remember the Game, buddy. Uh, it's my friend Patrick. How's life? How's things? Good, good man. I'm I'm thrilled to be the uh, the recurring Game Boy and scary game uh, guest. <laughs> I feel like I've been. Uh, building my whole life to these moments yeah it's funny because like like i have a couple of friends that are like i'm like well this is like my buddy brad is one of my go-tos for sports games and my buddy david is one of my aces in the hole when i want to cover nes games and my friend chris is the sega guy and and but then i'm like uh, you've somehow locked down game boy and horror and like there's no good horror games on the game boy so you've really yeah. uh diversified your portfolio there those are the biggest <laughs> words i'm going to use today uh, um but this week, we're not talking gay boy. We're talking horror, and we're talking Silent Hill 3. And I probably have already warned all our listeners, but I'm just going to get it out there again. Spoilers. There, uh, there's, it's, it would be, we were talking about this off air. I can't imagine we could talk about this game without talking about spoilers, or else we're just going to talk about trying to open doors for 45 minutes. So, yeah, it's, it's been 20 years uh, if you haven't played it by now. Yeah. Too bad. Yeah, and I usually try. I usually try to be semi-sensitive to the spoiler thing, but this time... It's not fucking happening. So uh, I've probably already explained my backstory with Silent Hill. It just in, by some fluke, if I haven't, I've played part of Silent Hill 1 and then I've played this. And that is my only experience with the Silent Hill franchise because normally I'm a pussy when it comes to scary stuff. So before we get into Silent Hill 3, what's your deal? Have you played like all of these? Are you a Silent Hill junkie? I, yeah, definitely in the same sense of like being a big fan of Resident Evil, Silent Hill is like the other side of that horror coin that I love those two franchises. Um I've played almost everything up until I think some of the newer ones, but definitely like the first four games for sure were like games that I, I had every time I collected, um, and, uh, and played. Yeah. Quite okay. a bit. And I'm not looking for, I'm not trying to get heat with anybody. I'm not trying to, if you're a long time silent Hill fan and you like everything, like doesn't the franchise basically like silent Hill four is the end, right? Like I know there's more, I think there's like spinoffs, but like, do most people consider it like Silent Hill Four is where the good stops? That, that's yeah, that's that's my understanding. That's kind of how I feel about it. Um, I think there is one that maybe ties into them, um, but uh, my understanding is the other ones kind of um, 
they take they take the the canon of the franchise and they kind of add uh, just kind of get rid of it and, and uh, do their own thing. But okay. I could I could be wrong, but uh, um, that's kind of my understanding. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at the the like the release timeline for Silent Hill right now, and outside of PT from 2014, uh, yeah, it's been like 10 years since we got a Silent Hill game. That was 2012. Yeah. So I'll. We are going to get into Silent Hill 3, but I, I just like having these discussions. I have two questions for you. Number one, uh, Silent Hill and Resident Evil. Just if you could only play one for the rest of the time, which one do you prefer? Um, that's tough. It's probably going to be Resident Evil just because of the um, the amount of content that's around, like involved in that franchise. Right. Uh, you know, like there's there's classic games, and then there's like I'm I'm such a fan of even the later resident evils. I think we've talked about this before. Like I, I still like like five, six, like all the other ones. And like the newer ones are, are great too. Yes, they are. So it's just much more content there. Uh, but I mean, Silent Hill is just is such a great franchise as well, but I kind of see them as two separate styles of the same genre. They very much are. That's yeah. Like, and like, I know I talked about this already. Uh, and now we're talking about it again, but it's just, it's impossible to me. Like these two franchises are just, they're going to be joined at the hip forever. Right, like they both yeah. launched on the PS One. They're both kind of are like t- two of the forefathers of the survival horror genre. Two of the trailblazers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's just that, like, I personally do. Now, I don't know if it's completely fair to say it. I do prefer Resident Evil, but I think, like, I've played just about every of the main, all of the mainline Resident Evil games. I've played one and a half Silent Hill, so I know it's not totally fair. But I think <laughs> Resident Evil, like, I like zombies more than like like psychological kind of cult religious you know what i mean like that yeah. kind of horror yeah um and i prefer the action centric resident evil to the more uh story slash puzzle based silent hill yeah exactly that's kind of I feel like they're both in the category of like horror survival but i consider silent hill to be more of that horror survival and resident evil to be more towards like a horror action kind yeah of game. absolutely uh, I will say now that I've played this one, like I'm like, man, I got to play the rest of these. Uh, like I mean, at least at least I'm, I'm one, surprised two, this four. is like this was your kind of entry point. I know you mentioned playing some of Silent Hill one. I'm kind of surprised that this is like usually if you don't if you skip one, people's main introduction is two. Yeah, well, like, and I will play two at some day. It's just like part of it was because obviously it was, uh, you know, I was contractually obligated. But part right, of it was because yeah. like I've heard so much about Silent Hill two and three, and I'd heard that two. So for the record, we will not be spoiling any of Silent Hill 2 because I haven't played it. So I've asked Patrick not to spoil it. But my understanding is that 2, I know it's in that same ecosystem, but it kind of stands alone, whereas 3 is like a direct sequel to the original Silent right. Hill. So it kind of worked out yeah. that way because at least I knew what happened. Um, the other question I wanted to ask you, because I said I had 2, we compared Resident Evil to Silent Hill, was just uh, Silent Hill 2 or Silent Hill 3? Because they seem to be the two that everyone considers the best of the franchise. Yeah, so I... I've always felt like I liked Silent Hill 2 more. Um, it was kind of the game I had the more, like that was my introduction to the series. And then I went backwards, played one, three, four. Um, after playing through three, just like yesterday and this morning, uh, I'm definitely feeling three a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wait, wait, wait. So, so did now, you? I'd have to go back and play two and, uh, and uh, see how I feel. So you beat it in, in a day and a half. Yeah, this I was definitely using a walkthrough this time though. I was okay. on a very uh, okay. yeah. I wanted to get uh, I, at first. It was just like I'm, I'll just play through it to get you know a feel and a refresher, and then I was like, I'm gonna definitely go through this again. And, I see. Uh, just I knew like on a straight walkthrough you can get it done in you know about five hours or so. Sure. So, 
Yeah, I thought I was like, I was like, man, I I feel like such a dumbass. The game took me like a fucking two weeks, and <laughs> it's not that long a game. <laughs> no. But you're right. Yeah, if you use a walkthrough, sure. And like, so we should get. Actually, I guess now that we're like seven minutes into the podcast, we should actually talk about Silent Hill Three. Um, I, to me, the big and we we have to. I just want to address it off the top because it's to me, it's like the biggest. It's my biggest complaint i say in air quotes about silent hill 3 is uh, the biggest thing about using a walkthrough is you would know what fucking door is open that's because, the difference between the five-hour playthrough and the two-week playthrough bro, if you're playing silent hill door simulator then it's definitely taking you through two, two weeks. yes that's what i've been calling it since i first started if you've never played this game ladies we're gonna get into the story and all that kind of stuff but like you you find yourself in various settings like you start out in like a mall and there's one port you end up in like a is it like an insane asylum, like a mental hospital? I don't know what the yeah, what there's a, yeah, uh, yeah, it's a like, hospital, uh, an amusement park. Yeah, you end up in like a lot of different places with like tons of hallways and doors and stuff. And like, I swear, I swear on my dog's life, I'm not necessarily dunking on it. Half of my playtime with this game was trying to open <laughs> doors, and like. I had some people defend it and try to say that, like, well, it adds to the atmosphere because when one finally does open, you're like, oh, it shit. It definitely does. Agreed. It definitely does. And it did grow on me, and I did grow to, like, accept it and be like, that does make sense. I see what they're trying to do. Having said that, I still will argue that there's maybe a few too many doors. There's absolutely too many. And it, it's kind of laughable because, uh, like, I had watched you stream for a little bit, and we kind of talked about that here, and you complain about it. And then going through with the walkthrough and looking at the maps of, like, not having all the doors crossed out because you're just going to exactly where you need to go. And you're like, this is a very linear system of playing if you're not going through every door, trying everything. Yeah, and, like, and that's where I... I like I started to pull back on my criticism of it because if you, if you like, imagine they dude, like you just played it. Imagine if they removed every locked door, the game would yeah. suck. Like it would be so fast. And so like, yeah. Oh, I'm in this room, run to the end of the hall, go through this door. Like what adds to the tension is that there's these monsters and shit in these hallways and you don't really have the means to fight all of them. That's right. So yeah. you're trying to avoid yeah. them and open a door. And then when one does open, it's almost that like, Oh fuck, please don't let there be a monster on the other side of this. Like I get it, but I do feel like you could eliminate 25% of the doors, still keep sure. the mystique. Still, and yeah, like still a scary game. Yes. Because uh, like I'll be honest with you guys, I listen. I have completely 180 on horror games. I went from not liking them to be like I'm a fan. I still can't play Outlast. It's still too much for me. But I have grown to like more higher horror games. But like the first hour or so that I played this game, where you're running around in the mall, had I not had to play it for this podcast, I might have been like, this is stupid. Like yeah, I I like I'll admit my first playthrough, like my first experience when I first got Silent Hill Three in that mall. Uh, it took me a long time to get to this game after because my initial like because you start off in that uh, in that dream like um, in when Heather's asleep in the mall and you're in that uh, in the uh, amusement park and I kept dying like you die to start the game yeah and I never knew there was like an end thing to that I always thought that's how you had to do it until like not that long ago where I'm like oh there actually is a thing you can do uh, and then going in the mall and, and just running around in circles and I would constantly get uh, like killed trying to fight the the closers and stuff, or the closer. I don't know how do you how do you pronounce that? Uh... I I call it the closer, but I don't know if that's yeah, the right term. I think that not. yeah, I believe that's it. Yeah, um, 
And uh, and I would just like I was so terrified of them, and I keep getting killed by them. And I was like, this is like way too hard. Yeah, and like and the thing about it too is like I like I would argue, and I'm still I don't know if I call myself a survivor survival horror rookie because I played most of Resident Evils. I've played like I'm coming around, but like if this was your first one, if you're used to playing like action based like. In most yeah. games, I want to kill everything. I want to kill all the enemies. And, like, yeah. Resident Evil taught me that, like, don't kill everything. You know, like, save some ammo. Like, you know, conserve it. I, I feel like Resident Evil, it, it definitely is, like, the gameplay depends on, on the fighting. Agreed. And, and you, it, there's definitely, like, a level of, of ammo conservation and being, uh, you know, selective in, in your battles. Where I feel like Silent Hill, combat is almost secondary to what's going on. You can You can just run past everything. And it's almost necessary at parts to just run through stuff yeah it is i just and like and i agree with you like I, i'll be honest like i hate the fucking combat in this game like i'm glad that it's an afterthought i almost feel like it's you nail i almost feel like it's too much of an afterthought because there's the odd point where it kind of makes you fight like boss yeah. fights and i'm like and for, i think mm -hmm. the boss fights in this game suck to be honest with you but like <laughs> it, it makes you fight occasionally and i'm like man the fighting is so bad like i if, like it better you, when you're playing you learn defense. the melee combat system it's pretty good but it, i feel like it, there is definitely a steep learning curve like when when you were um when i was watching you stream it and you're talking about it and and complaining about the combat i definitely didn't see a lot of like quick turns or strafing no, or, or no. any blocking like so there was a lot on your part that you weren't really utilizing Agreed. in the combat it was just swing until the thing dies but this is damage and that's something that like i've argued with a couple of people about because i and i know that i'm in the minority here i like the tank controls in the old school resident evil games. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people don't, I feel like they add to the atmosphere a little bit. Like if you could move super fast, like, I mean, resident evil two remake is spectacular and you can yeah. move really fast and it all makes sense. But in the, in the setting of resident evil one, two, three, and even four to an extent, uh, some people don't like those controls. I do. Like, I feel like they add to it. I understand how those controls work in this game. I just had a very hard time wrapping my head around them. And like, did you, I, did I, you play with the tank controls or the 3d controls? uh 3d you, there's an option to play both yeah i played 3d okay um i just didn't i just like I, and like and I, it's not even i'm not even gonna call it a criticism because i know the game is more focused on the psychological aspect and the puzzles and i get it but like when i was forced to fight i was like fuck i hate this i fucking hate it like i just <laughs> i just want to play defense and run but yeah. like and that's what I would recommend. So if you've never played it and you decide to play this game, like defense is your best friend. Like don't worry about killing everything. Worry about yeah. fucking playing defense. Um, so the story itself, because again, I'm still kind of new to Silent Hill, but this, the girl you play as, um, Heather, right? That's her name? Heather. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, Heather Mason. Kind of Heather. Yeah. Uh, she is the quote unquote daughter of the protagonist of Silent Hill 1. Harry okay. Mason. I nailed that. Okay, good. And like, and you wake up, you're like, dude, that opening sequence where you're in the amusement park, <laughs> like I died and I was, I was so mad because I was like, yeah. what in the fuck was that? And then I find out that like, no, you're supposed to, you can die and yeah. move on. So I was like, all right. Yeah. I was ready to rage quit in the first like 90 seconds. Cause I was like, what in the fuck was that? But then you end up in this mall and I got to say like, I, outside of the fucking nonstop locked doors, which, which I'm, I'm done talking about. I think it was a little bit much. Um, I loved the, the atmosphere. I loved the way the mall looked. I liked the way it was that guessing game of trying to solve it and finding the maps, yeah. which were a godsend. Um, I think what this game does spectacularly is, is that a real word? Spectacular. I think it is. Uh, what this game does really well is, is, yeah, it is now. Yeah. Uh, is atmosphere like, and, and keeping in mind, this is a yeah. PS2 game. 
Um, so this is where, when, when you ask about the difference between two and three, which I like more, uh, I definitely am feeling the atmosphere of three more than two right now, like until I go back and play two, but three definitely nails like the environment and the feeling of, 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 uh, this one like yeah it, it just does everything so well in this one yeah like so i mean like you're so like i'm just trying to think like without going through like each level but like you're in that mall you're in the subway you're in the mental hospital you're in the amusement park i think that's basically the areas yeah small small apartment amounts uh, and then you're there's like a small uh section of, of the actual town of silent hill oh that's mall. right yeah yeah and uh i actually found the mall I, I really liked the mall. You know what I loved was the way it would flip between like the demonic mall and then like not so yeah. evil. Like yeah. I thought that was really cool, but I actually thought the game got substantially, substantially creepier when you left the mall and ended up in the subway. And then I yep. thought it, I thought like it went from like fucking a five to a nine. And then I actually thought it stayed there the rest of the game. Like I, I found the mall by far yeah. to be the least creepy area in the game. Yeah. So I, I, I found like playing this going back to because I haven't played this game in a long time and uh, I was not really enjoying it in the beginning. Like it's very slow yeah. and it's very strange the way they introduce characters. And I can't imagine if you've never played Silent Hill 1, there's a whole bunch that doesn't make sense at all. Yes. And they kind of introduce these characters and they like... I don't keep comparing it to Resident Evil, but in Resident Evil, I feel like when a character gets introduced, the level of writing is done in a way that it kind of makes sense as to why they're there, or they or they introduce a character in a way that they explain why they're there. And this one, they keep, like when you first see um, for, when you first see Douglas, the detective, he just seems like a creep. Like he's just following this girl in a mall to the bathroom. Right. That's what and, I thought too. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, like they keep, and I guess like it. In the end, it, it it all works out because it becomes very like involved and 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 I felt very grabbed by the story as it continued. But in the beginning, I was like, I don't really remember uh, why like any of these characters. Yeah, and I was having a hard time being like staying invested and in, in really giving a shit about anybody. Yeah, I was a, I was a little shocked that they didn't put. Uh like a previously on Silent Hill, like not something that cheesy, but like I'm a little surprised that they didn't give you a little bit of a wrap up of what happened in the original, considering this yeah, is like I, a sequel to it, you know? And I, I don't know if it's, if it's like a time and place thing where you, it was, it was not meant to be a sequel originally. And then people were upset about the loose ends of Silent Hill one didn't get addressed in two. And now that here they're being given basically a fan service game. And I don't know if it was done in a way to, kind of misdirect you and go like it's not going to be that and then it all of a sudden is yeah it just it feels like there's a kind of a hard switch where you go okay like now i understand and now i'm invested right but there's a big buildup of like why do i give a shit about these characters yeah well like dude i'll be honest like as someone that has never finished the original silent hill uh i finished this game and i kind of understood it and kind of didn't at the same time yeah. and had to read a had to read like a plot summary. Like if you were to ask me right now to explain to you the plot of Silent Hill three, I don't think I could <laughs> like, and I'm, and I'm not putting you on the spot, but like, could you, like if I asked you to explain the plot of Silent Hill three, could you explain it? Cause I, I can't, and it's okay yeah, if you it, can't, but part, part of it is, is you have to spoil the first one though. So I don't know if, if that's okay. Nah, go nuts. I mean, like, that's even older again. Yeah. So basically, yeah. So the overarching thing of the whole thing is that, um, 
is that uh, Heather is the um, basically reincarnation of Alessa and um, Cheryl, which is uh, Harry's daughter, that in the first Silent Hill, he goes to find uh, in the town of Silent Hill, and she becomes sacrificed, and uh, Alessa and Cheryl become the incubator at the end of the first one, and the incubator gives a baby to Harry, which is Heather. Okay. Um, so Heather is the reincarnation of Alessa, which is the, the important part, because Alessa is who um, who Claudia is after, the uh, the priestess, the, uh, the like the main bad guy. Um, she's trying to get that Alessa character out of her to uh, basically she's incubating a God inside of her. That's and so they're trying to get her. And that's, and that's kind of the whole driving force of this story is like all these other characters, Claudia, Vincent, Leonard, they're all in this kind of crazy religious cult. The, um, I think it's the order. And uh, they're, they're all after the same thing basically. And that's why uh, like Harry is killed and, and Douglas is involved because he, he was paid to find um, this mysterious girl, Heather, who you find out at the end is Cheryl. And that's, that's basically it. It's like, and they, they, you know, they, they explain all of that. Um, but it's like this weird shift where you're like, I don't understand why this guy's after her and, and all these things start happening. And then it, it almost seems like once um, you receive the diary from, from Harry after he's killed yeah. that it explains. And she's just like, all of a sudden she's just okay with it yeah. about being like this, like, reincarnated god type character there seems to be this hard switch where she's like oh yeah like i always knew this was me yeah like just kind of like oh okay fair enough <laughs> yeah like yeah like it's i like i don't i'm not gonna dunk on this story because i don't think it's it's bad listen like i have said it many it's very times, good in, in the like in the whole arc of it it like i said like some 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 part during the game I, I was just like grabbed by it. I was like oh yeah like now I'm I'm like I'm remembering Silent Hill 1 right. and I'm reinvested in all of this again yeah like I don't think it's bad like I've said many times I think Resident Evil I love Resident Evil but I think the story has gotten ridiculous like I don't even know what the fuck is going on in the world of Resident Evil yeah, 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 yeah. this made yeah. sense it just my big and I, maybe it's not even a fair criticism. Maybe it's just like, well, you don't go see the third movie in a trilogy without watching the first two, or you're not going to know what's going on. And fair enough. But I, I was a little shocked that it didn't do anything to just kind of be like, hey, in 20 right. words or yeah. less, here's what happened yeah. leading into this. Because yeah. like, I, I agree with you. Like, I found myself interested in the game the whole way through, uh, mm -hmm. especially once I get out of the mall. I really do feel like the game picks up. We'll get more into the gameplay in a minute. But I really do feel like it picks up once you get out of the mall. And I, yeah. and I really did find myself interested in it, but I did end the game kind of confused at the same time. And I do wish that it had just told me a little more, but that's, maybe that's just me. Maybe that's what I get for playing the third game. In no, the I think franchise. that's, 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 so. uh, that's kind of how I felt too. Like the mall is like a very slow start to everything. Like they're introducing you to the mechanics of the game and the creatures and the new like combat system and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I just feel like the, it, like the pacing of the story is so strange where it, it just kind of goes from like zero to a hundred. And it's like, now it's like, if you know the story of Silent Hill one, you're like, Oh, this is the continuation we've been waiting for. And it right. almost felt like it was designed to be almost a false start of being like, no, it's a whole different uh, game. We're not, we're not continuing on. We're doing what we did with Silent Hill two. It's a different character. Yeah. That fucking mall is almost like the world, like the gaming's longest tutorial level. Like it goes for yeah. so long, but then you get out and then like, dude, when you get down, I'll tell you right now, man, like we were talking about it in the, in the, the, the discussion leading up to this, uh, the subway is, is fucking something about being underground. 
that just adds to the terrifyingness yeah, it's like of it. Tight, 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 narrow spaces and stuff. Yeah, it's and like, like it's very designed, very, very like hallway esque, which is actually most of the game and most of the franchise is like that. Yeah, dude, so many fucking hallways. I found yeah. I found the game at its creepiest when we were in the in the hospital. And I, to be fair, mm-hmm. I think that like an insane asylum type setting is the craziest setting or the creepiest setting for a, a horror movie or horror video game. Period. Like I don't yeah. know why it just creeps yeah. me out. But like we got back there and it felt like the mall because there's like elevators and stairs and long hallways full of doors. Yeah. But it yeah. just felt it felt substantially fucking creepier to me. I don't know. I just yeah. so like if you've never played like I, I want to talk about some of the gameplay mechanics, but I just wanted to say yeah, if you've never played this and this podcast convinces you to give it a chance like if you do find the mall is starting to get a little bit long in the tooth and you're like all right i feel like don't don't let it stop you because i think yeah. the game and i think you agree yeah it looks- really picks up after after you leave the mall do the apartment stuff like really after that first um i'm the first boss i guess it would be the the second boss the missionary on the yeah. rooftop yeah, that's I think where the game really starts to take off, and it just like it just goes like a hundred. Like once you're back in Silent Hill, it's like a hundred percent. The game's on now. Hundred percent. Yeah, it almost feels like it. Like I don't, I don't want to say it had to start like, there, like but halfway. Like, it's like a halfway point. Yeah, because it's not like, a long oh, yeah, game. Here's, yeah, here's the game. Yeah, like it was a little bit I felt, like I felt playing it where I was like, okay, I'm like. I feel like I'm about halfway now. I'm into Silent Hill, and now it's like now you find out about the backstory. Now things start to piece together. Yeah, and then it's like I was very involved from there. Yeah, me and I thought the scares and stuff got better once you yeah. got out there too. So because I wanted to talk about some of the mechanics. Um, by far, in my opinion, the fucking coolest thing that Silent Hill does, period, is the radio. I yeah. I don't know if anyone else feels that way. I fucking, if you've never played it, you can carry around a little radio in your pocket. And when you turn it on, uh, when you get closer to bad guys, static, you start to hear like that white noise and it, yeah. and, it, and it, like, it, what? Sorry. It definitely like, it definitely lends to, um, the creepiness of, of just the camera movement and the camera angles in this game. Like when you come through something and it's looking at the character, you can't see down the hall, Yes, but all you can hear is the radio and you go, I know I have to get ready for a fight right yeah. now, or I have to get ready to run past something. Yeah. And what is it going to be? And I know some people hate those like weird fixed camera angles that are always switching around and shit too. I nine out of 10 times. I like them. There's the odd one that I think is horribly placed. There's a few times where it's, yeah, you're like, what the but fuck? The, the great thing. The great thing about this game is having that dedicated button that just allows you to basically look forward on the camera yes. for the most part. Yeah. I never, I didn't really find, I found it to be an occasional annoyance, but I never found the camera game breaking or anything. Um, yeah. That that static fucking and in particular I'm thinking of the subway because like mm-hmm. at one point I was playing through the subway part and like I can't even remember how far underground I am like I know I've gone down a couple of floors and I'm like I don't even know how like I have no idea how deep underground I am all I know is it's like fucking hella dark down here I'm really underground and then all of a sudden I just hear like and it's like motherfuck because you know something's yeah. coming to kill you and to me that like what what where i think resident evil is better at jump scares i think silent hill is just so much better at the the long game and the fucking psychological yeah. horror and and like yeah. despite the fact that i'm playing this game that's like 20 years old and let's call a spade a spade and i played the hd version i know some of you're gonna yell at me for that but look up the price of an original version and then you'll understand yeah. why i played yeah. the fucking hd version yeah but like yeah. Even like I, I still like I, I, I looked up some clips of the original version and like the graphics aren't exactly earth shattering like it's a PS2 game, but the graphics are good enough 
that when you include the sound and you include the story and you include the atmosphere, like it can creep you out. And a lot, a lot of old games creep me out, but this one fucking creeped me out a few times, man. Like, I, I thought the graphics on this one are, are actually really good for the time. Like, uh, especially during like, um, not, not the cinematics, but like the in-game, um, like kind of cutscenes where it's like game, game engine stuff. Like, yeah. It looks very good. Yeah, I was surprised. Like, I mean, it's not... Like the facial animations and stuff are pretty great. Yeah, like, it's not, you know, it's not fucking Resident Evil 8 or anything, but, like... No. But, like, I agree. Like, it was... It's funny, because, like, I know that PS1 games, like the original Silent Hill and Resident Evil, like, I know they were scary, I say it air quotes, but at the same time, especially when you play them now, it's like there's, like, a jump scare will get you, but, like, it's hard to get completely engrossed in this when it's, like, it looks like you're playing Lego. Do you know what I mean? Like those yeah, old graphics. I, 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 absolutely. I would disagree on Silent Hill 1, though. I think uh, if you go back and play that, you'll find uh, it. Uh, I, I, something about that game is, I, I think it's like the heavy fog of, of yes. running through the city where you can't see stuff. Yeah. I, I remember being very terrified by Silent Hill 1 because the first time I played through it, I had a game save where I had run out of ammo and all I had was like the uh, the 2 by 4 And I was just saved somewhere in the city running around and I had multiple dogs and the bat creatures following me oh, I, I had no way to defend myself so i was just running from area to area and they would i could never lose them they would always keep catching up to me yeah and i just saved it and i was like i guess i'll just never play this again because <laughs> that just that just sounds like a bad dream you're like i keep dreaming that i'm running through this fog town with dogs chasing me and all i have is a board yeah. um yeah I, I would agree with that like silent from what i remember silent hill what is the fog that adds to it yeah. but even this game like that's what I was going to say is like the graphics alone aren't enough to scare you, but I didn't find that they pulled me out of the, um, like I was still invested. Like they're good enough to keep you in, in the moment. Like I was agreed. I was impressed with them. That camera occasionally can be frustrating, but I didn't find it that bad. Uh, the controls, I don't, a little clumsy. Yeah. I don't love them. I don't think they're the worst. Um, but I don't, I don't love them. I, Fuck me, dude. There were a few times, especially in the early going when I was learning them, where I would accidentally run off a, a, like an edge. Oh, yeah. And like when yeah. you come up to an edge and she starts teetering, if you pull back, she'll step back. But yeah. like maybe it's just video game muscle memory. I'm like in most video games and you go up to the edge and they teeter, they can't uh, fall. And so it took I, me a little while to get used to pulling back and saving her all the yeah, time. Yeah, I, I got stuck. I think it was in the church um, near the end of the game. And there's this you're, you go down an elevator and there's these thin platforms and I kept coming through the door and trying to run and turn and go. And I kept hitting the edge and I'm like, I'm moving in the direction of like, go this way. And I would just keep hitting the edge. And after like so many times the character just falls and dies. And it was so frustrating. Cause I'm like, I can't, because there's, there's enemies coming like the, the pendulums are coming and they're flying towards you. And I'm like, just go like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And, and I couldn't do it. And I just like the frustration of like not taking the time to stop and turn, just trying to like make a quick hook. And I just, I just kept falling and dying. It was so upsetting. I do find for the record, I think those pendulum things, uh, they're to me, the creepiest enemies in the game because of the fucking sound they make. Yeah. I yeah. don't even know how to it, describe the sound they make, but I hate it. It's like, like, like grinding metal. Like yeah. A, like an old rusty wheel, oh. which is basically what they're just like a floating meat sack with, big knives that spin around yeah i hated it like if you've never played it like or if you have played it you know the sound i'm talking about i fucking ugh. oh i hate it the fucking makes me as just a like, note for, for the enemy note pendulum i uh i my note for them was knife flyers 
knife flyers. Yeah, that well, that is what they fucking. That is what they like. I found I, that I, I just stopped fighting. Like I just stopped. I was just yeah. running by everybody. I, I very rarely fought a pendulum. Uh, they're easy enough that you can just kind of run underneath them. Yeah. Uh, as long as they don't catch up to you. I think by far the worst enemies in the game are the slurpers, though. They have the worst name and are the worst things to encounter. Which ones? Especially are the- later on. They're the ones uh, that look like the gross anteaters that crawl along the ground. Oh. You see them a lot in the um, in the later half of the uh, hospital, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, just, I mean, like, I found all the villains, they're all the enemies, like, not, again, not bad, because I understand the game's focus isn't combat. I get that. But, like, and they have to be there, because without enemies, like, I mean, I guess you could do the game without and just try to make it a psychological horror game, but, like, the enemies add that sense of urgency and uh and yeah. like i i think what they i think to me what they bring them all is like it's not about fighting them to me where they're at their best like they're the most annoying but also when they're at their best to add tension to the game is when you're in one of those areas with like a long hallway full of doors and you've got like when you're in that fucking hospital and you've got all those like dead nurse things fucking stumbling yeah. around and you're like there's eight doors and you're like one of these has to open and you're it's yeah, like that yeah. panic feeling and then one I, of them has a gun and they're shooting at you oh fuck and then you finally get into one and you find a door finally opens and you're like oh thank christ but then the door opens and then you, you're in a fucking room with three of them and you're like come yeah. the fuck on but yeah. Yeah. as much as they're annoying to fight like the game's not designed around that like I always mm-hmm. use like i've used this stupid analogy before like if you were to use a game de- if you were to make a game development like the time they spent developing a game is like a pie chart. I feel like with the, with this game, at least like 60, 70% was on the atmosphere in the story. And then they were like, we'll throw in combat. We'll make sure she can run around. It's like, it almost feels like that stuff was an afterthought to just mm-hmm. setting the tone. But I also, again, I, same as I've defended the crappy controls of some of the evil games. I feel like it works. Like it, it adds does. to even the just tension. running past the, even just running past the, the creatures. Like I find the game is at its scariest when, you get more than one type of creature in a small room. So yeah. the hallways, I find, at least they're, you can navigate through them. There's enough you can kind of weave back and forth, check a door here and there. Very rarely do you get caught in a situation where you're like, you can't make that maneuver. Yes. But it's it's when you come to a room and the door's on the other side and there's like, there's two closers and and like uh, a double head or, or, you know, like, or like a slurper and and uh, you know and two two closers or something and you're like now these giant creatures that look terrifying plus this other one that moves faster and you've got to navigate through this room that's where I find the game becomes terrifying and it's like if you lose control of your character you're just gonna get berated and and piled upon and that's yeah. where I find it like gets really terrifying agreed yeah or like you get yourself cor- yeah I, I I agree with that I uh, th- to be honest with you man if they just removed your ability to fall off of an edge. Like, if she would just run up to the edge and, like, even penalize me with the teetering and, like, let an enemy catch up to me, but don't let me just yeah. fall and die. If they just yeah. got rid of the falling, I don't even know mm-hmm. if I'd have a beef with the controls. Because that was the only thing that really <laughs> irritated me was the occasional time where I would be like, like, I understand that, yeah, like, if you're running through a dark room and you have three zombie things chasing you, it'd be easy to fall. I understand that. But I'm like, it's a fucking video. Like, just cut me a little bit of slack. And I did get better at it toward the end. But, that like, that was the mm-hmm. only thing that really irritated me about the controls. Um, yeah. I do want to say, I thought the boss fights and like, listen, I hate boss fights. I've never, I bitch about boss fights all the time. Uh, most of them I found like Incredibly almost easy. Ri- ridiculously easy, like insanely yeah. ridiculously easy. Yeah. 
The the yeah. one I'm thinking of in particular is I think it's is his name Vincent, the guy you fight in the basement of the hotel in the water. I can't remember what his name. Oh, was. Le- Leonard. Leonard. Yeah. Wolf. Like. Yeah. He when didn't... he's in the water, and you just as long as you stay away from. Like I never once was like I don't even know what his attacks are. No. Like you just stand at a distance and just pelt him with with pistol bullets. Yeah. He never and, touched and then, me. Like yeah. <laughs> never touched me. The only boss that I found it all uh, challenging. The fighting, I guess, yourself or whatever, fighting the girl on the merry-go-round. Um, uh, Lessa, the, that's the memory of the lesson. Yeah, I didn't find that boss fight hard. I just found it very tedious because it went for so fucking long. And then the final I, boss fight, uh, I found a, at least challenging. Not tough, or not not I, not the, bad, but challenging. The, the hardest one I found was the, the missionary, the guy with the knife hands on the top of the um, apartment. And that was only because I ran out of shotgun ammo halfway oh. through that fight. Right. So I had to kind of try and I was trying to like melee hit him, and uh, that didn't work. Out that would, well. yeah, that would, like, yeah, that would not work. Pistol bullets, and, and it took way longer, and he ended up hitting me quite a few more times than I wanted. Yeah, like I didn't, I didn't hate them. I just, I, and maybe I'm in the minority. I'm not. I wonder what you think about this because I don't like boss fights. By and large, I mean there's exceptions. But I, by and large, I don't like boss fights. I just don't enjoy them. And like a game like this. I, I'm curious what, I don't feel like they're necessary. And like maybe the final boss to end the game, but like, yeah. I would rather see the boss be like a clever puzzle than for you to spend three quarters yeah. of the game solving yeah. puzzles and then suddenly throw me into a combat game. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think especially too, because it's strange because they're like, again, like I understand it is definitely, there is combat and there's probably people who, are very good at the combat and can, you know, know when to fight, when to not. It, it goes one of two ways with this game. It's like either you spend all of your ammo fighting stuff, which some of these creatures take way too much. Like I, I spent most of the game with uh, building up a bunch of shotgun ammo and then just losing it all at one part because then I felt like, okay, I could start using it. And yeah. It's gone before I knew it. Yeah. And then I never, I never really got it back. Yeah. And, and then, and then I got to these fights where I'm like, okay, well now I've just got a, a, a bunch of pistol ammo and I can just shoot them over and over and over and over with pistol ammo until they die. It didn't really, it wasn't a good reflection of like the combat. So no. Like other than, other than um, the Alessa fight, like I just went after her, all four forms of her with a katana. And as long as you're close to her, where she's trying to do like the, the pistol whip, pistol whipping you or like the melee attacks, you can just quickly attack her over and over and over and over. Yeah. That's what and I did too. That was that entire fight. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's why I complained about that. I just found it. I was like, Oh my God, there's another form. And it was like, there's an, and it's like yeah. every time I'm just attacking her with this fucking sword. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I don't want to sound like, like yeah. I don't hate the boss fights in this game. I just, they just seemed out of place to me. Like they just felt, yeah, like I, I agree with that. I necessary. definitely agree with this. Especially I, like that. That's the split worm. That first one in the mall. Yeah. I was just like, what, why? Like I've never, like there's no, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and and the thing about it is like I, I, the game. I want to talk about the puzzles because like I love I love puzzle games, and yeah. I think that the puzzles and like and a lot of games have horrible puzzles. They're those fucking things. Like I always use the example of like you have an elephant statue and a lion statue, and there's an elephant and a lion pillar, and you're like, I wonder how to get out of here. And then yeah. and then after a minute, your character will be like, I wonder if I should put the statues on the pillars. And it's like yeah. this is there's so definitely tedious. one puzzle like that in this game. Which one's that? The the Snow White and the um 
and the Cinderella one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like one of these get one of these gets a red shoe yeah. and then also a mask for some reason. Yeah, it literally is the puzzle I just <laughs> described. You're right. You're yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But but I do think this game does a great job with some of the other ones. Stuff like the morgue puzzle. Uh yeah. stuff like the um the what are they the cards? Um the tarot card yeah, yeah. the tarot card one. Like yeah. and I and I and I read that the puzzles, like the complexity of the puzzles actually change depending on if you're playing on yeah. easy normal yeah. or hard. I was looking, like I said, I was playing with a walkthrough and I was looking mm-hmm. at what, what constituted like the hard level uh, puzzles. And even like that first one in the bookstore with the Shakespeare, I was like, I don't know enough Shakespeare to know if I'd ever be able to get past this. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Like I I literally have like a I still have it. I have like a notebook I keep on my desk. And I was like, there were a few puzzles where I had, and that Shakespeare puzzle was, was one of them where I had to write down stuff and like sit there and look at it and like figure it out. But I loved mm-hmm. that. I loved that. I think the puzzles in this game are so incredibly well done. Yeah. And they're kind of, I think they're very well spaced out. And they're like, you stress out, run away from these enemies and get creeped out for a while. And then you just get to catch your breath and solve a puzzle. Yeah. And, and I thought that yeah. was great. And then just those boss fights. I was, if the boss fights had been puzzles, where you had to figure yeah. out how to defeat them or something. I think I would have liked them Maybe a Maybe like a, a puzzle with a time limit or something to feel like a sense of urgency. Yes. Yeah. I just think that would have been better because I think, yeah. yeah, when this game is focusing on the, on the, like the tension and the, oh, so well done. Yeah. Um, I want to call out what I think by far is the creepiest part of this fucking game is when you're in that hospital and you walk into the room with the mirror on the wall. And the whole room starts to bleed and you start to bleed. And the only problem is that I died in there like five fucking times. Yeah. But, um, which like, man, keep, keep numerous save files and save often in this Mm -hmm. fucking game. But I just thought that, like, I thought that whole hospital was well done and by far the creepiest part of the game. But, uh, that one room, I was like, this is terrifying. Like, fuck me. If this was better graphics, if this was PS4 or PS5 graphics, I don't think I could handle Mm -hmm. this. Like it'd be too yeah. much. So I don't yeah. Was there anything in it that like really, like that's what did it for me. I thought that was uh, genius. I really liked, um, I really liked the carnival. Um, I think that like, especially like, um, I really enjoyed like the little haunted house kind of thing where the guy's talking to you Yeah. and there's like a couple of surprises. Those are fun, like atmospheric things. I felt the carnival had like the most um, atmosphere to me because like, that like, the, you'll uh, you'll you'll I think you'll understand when you play through Silent Hill 2. Uh, there's a lot of stuff you're gonna see similar. Okay. And so stuff like um, the carnival was like new. The like the mall, the the church, like that stuff was was cool. It was cool to revisit Silent Hill and see the town again and do that stuff. Um, that was like m- what I enjoyed the most. I think. Yeah. No, I get it. like, and you know what? And both of those are in the second half of the game. Like yeah. it really just yeah, cannot that's be when, like the tension was kind of wrapped up. And yeah. I was more invested in the story. And yeah, like it can't be stated how much better the, I would even go as far as say the last two thirds of this game are compared to the first third. But you know what, whether that you find that frustrating or not, give me that over a game that starts out like fire and then falls apart all day. Like yeah. as it gets yeah, deeper, it, yeah. it, it gets... I would, yeah, I'd rather a strong finish that like keeps me held rather than something that I'm like, okay, now I'm just finishing this. Yeah, absolutely. Just to finish it. Um, another thing I want to plug that I think is awesome is the map system. Like when, like, and it's finding yeah. the map is handy. The way uh-huh. that it like, it shows like she would be marking stuff off, like crosses off yeah. doors that won't I've open. I've always loved that. Yeah. I, dude, yeah. oh, that every video game with a map should take that. Like that is so, mm-hmm. oh, 
It like turned me That's on. It's way better a than bit. looking at a map and trying to like remember what areas you've been to yourself. Yes, especially especially in a game like this where there's 80 <laughs> doors. Like, thank yeah. God that she marks off which ones open and which ones don't. Yeah. I thought that was fucking genius. Uh, I, I like I won't I won't spoil anything for Silent Hill Two, but if you like that mechanic and you hate the door system, have fun. Oh God. <laughs> like because i just like those dude there's just so many and again i know we beat it to death i i get that there's some moments where a door opens and that momentary relief while it's like showing the loading screen of the door opening you're like i don't mm-hmm. even care if there's enemies on the other side it can't be worse than what was out here and then you get mm-hmm. inside and you're like oh it is and then it is worse, worse. yeah you're it's like fuck worse. me you, then you, you you open it and you can hear the pendulums and you're like oh this is gonna be worse yeah this is so much worse um i did find I don't want to say the ending of the game was bad. I did think uh-huh. maybe there was a little, and I don't mean the storyline. I just mean the last like half hour of the game. I thought it was just a little backtracky, but not, not too much. I just was like, I thought like, this is a short game. And I, yeah. there were the odd moment where I was like, are they just doing this to try to make the game a little bit longer? Do you know what I mean? I that's, can't remember yeah, exactly I mean, what it was. So it's like going to, all the trouble of, of uh, getting everything and then being like, oh, you got to go back to the carnival to get to the church. Yeah. I remember there being one part where there was like a door at the end of a long hallway that wouldn't open. And then I got to a point where I could open it, but I had to run back through the whole, ge- like not the whole game, but like the whole final yeah. area to open this one yeah. door to get one thing to run all the way back. Yeah. The, the church was like that. There's a lot of stuff like that in the church, especially when you're collecting the tarot cards. Yeah. Oh, all those get, cards. You yes. Three or, you get three or four of them right away. Mm-hmm. Then the fifth one is like all the way back to the beginning. Of That's the what game. I'm thinking of. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then they just, they just put uh, like those um, insane cancers and like bigger enemies. Yeah. And them through there and you're like, Ugh. not, not enough for me to hate. Not a big, not, I'm no, not mad. No. I just found it to be yeah. a little bit like, oh, for fuck's sakes. Like, okay. Yeah. You know? And it's like, yeah. at this point, as much as I'm having fun, like I want to see the fucking ending of the game. I'm like, I'm done fighting. I've fought yeah. with you enemies for 10 hours. So I tried to figure out what doors opened. And I have to run back through all of them. I didn't fight anybody. I just blew through everybody. Um, oh, another thing that's, another thing I just quickly that I thought was awesome was there's two or three puzzles where you have to follow like bloody footsteps. Yeah. yeah um, I thought that was just fucking really, really well done. Like yeah. there's the one where they walk up to the painting. Yeah. And then you move the painting and find a door. And I was like, that's pretty, yeah. that's pretty clever. Yeah. I like that. That's cool because it doesn't start with the footsteps. Like you hear the footsteps, but you don't see them right away. So you're like, shit, like what's going on? Yeah. You kind of have to like scramble around. Then all of a sudden these bloody footprints start showing up and you, you follow them. And that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. I that's thought that was there. really cool. Yeah. I got to say, man, like I, I fucking, uh, I don't think this is the type of game I would have enjoyed 10 years ago. Like if I had played this when it came out, I don't think I would have gotten that into it. I, cause it's pretty slow. Not a lot of action. It's clearly focused on setting the tone and, and telling a story. Um, that fucking mall, I did not love. But I'm glad I stuck with it because by the end of the game, like I was I was impressed. I was like, that was a but more far more good than bad. Not perfect, but far more good than bad. Yeah. I thought it was a pretty good video game. Um I, I think I think we're at like it, it really like a product of its time. Like if you were enjoying Silent Hill and you were kind of following the series and, and at the time, like you had Resident Evil and stuff. And like, for me, that's how it was. It's like, I was very in, immersed in like, these are the only types of games I play when I, right. was, when I was young. It's just like these horror survival action games. The PlayStation two had so many of them yeah, and some really good ones. 
And so it was like you almost stayed in this in this universe and in this world. And it was like a really great game for its time. And I was really happy to like revisit it. And in the beginning, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to end up playing through all this. And then it's just like it grabbed me. I was like, I remember what I love about these games. Like yeah. just the atmosphere and like just pulled me in. And, and I found myself like there's times where I'm like my heart was racing and I was like terrified. And I was like, this is this is why I enjoy these games. Like it still holds up. It's still still scary, like still enjoyable to watch these cutscenes and and uh, uh, like get invested in the characters despite uh vincent being the shittiest character of the entire series yeah agreed well i mean i can't speak to the whole series but shittiest character <laughs> in this sucks, game for dude. sure he sucks because they they write him in this way of like you don't know if you can trust him and then and then you see like clearly like claudia doesn't like what he's doing that he's playing her and you can see he's kind of helping you out and then in the end he just he sucks and he dies and you're like what a shit character yeah agreed yeah um, he like he, he dies in a way that should be redeeming, and you're just like, I'm so glad he's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how I felt about um, fucking was his name Steve in Resident Evil Code Veronica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how I felt yeah, about him. I was like, Steve. when he finally dies, yeah. I'm like, good, <laughs> fucking piece of shit. I hate you. Um, so the two things I was gonna, I wanted to, I wanted to touch on the ending, and then I wanted to touch on the future of the franchise. As far as the ending, I only played through the game once, and when you play through it once, you have to just see the normal ending, where Heather and Douglas, uh, yeah, the good, the good ending, yeah, like they meet in the park and they get yeah. away and blah blah blah. She pretends like she's gonna stab him, and then uh, yeah, which, which is I, a weird ending. It's she's such like, a weird You're ending. Still alive, yeah. With like, the sense of humor, I'm like, what? The- fuck yeah this fucking guy's like laying there like worried he's gonna fucking die and then you threaten to kill yeah. him you're like i just fucking with you like what the yeah. shit what kind of ending is that but then i looked up the yeah. other endings um have you have you like i assume you've seen the other i endings. i i've i've looked them up i'm familiar with the particular ending that i think is in all or most of the silent hills which is the weird ufo uh style ending like I, the jokey ending i i would have when i saw that that weird yeah. so if you don't know everybody right. there's like an evil ending where heather kills douglas and like is evil and then there's this weird like spoof ending which looks like a yeah. crappy cartoon with aliens it's like a story yeah like a storyboard cartoon when i saw that on youtube i was like this is fake like somebody yeah. made this up but then no that is real what the fuck i want yeah. i want that game i want to play a game <laughs> in that setting i think that looked fucking awesome so yeah I love that they, they throw it in. They're like, this is clearly a joke, and we're not even going to spend the time to animate it. We'll just make it a comic book. And it, and it looks it's like something that like thing. I drew. Like It, it looks yeah, so bad, you know. but it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I, I mean, I, like, I, very, I don't know if I've ever played through a game multiple times just to get the different endings. I like games, and I'm not criticizing it because like, I don't really – I just don't care about the multiple endings. I'll beat it once mm-hmm. and then watch the rest of them on YouTube. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I like if they if they give you a weapon. So like I I just finished a playthrough like maybe two hours before or like an hour before we recorded this, and I unlocked the the beam sword. And so I'm like looking forward to go back and play with that weapon. Right. No. Totally. Yeah. But like the thing yeah. about this game with the I other endings, the, other ending, the endings are like dependent on what you do throughout the game and stuff. Mm-hmm. I like if you're gonna give me like. The only way I, I shouldn't say because like I have no beef with the ending depending on what you did throughout the game because I want your gameplay to matter and your choices to matter. But if you're if I'm gonna watch multiple endings, I need them to be there's a save at the end of the game and I just make a choice at the end of the game to get a different ending. Right. If and like yeah. I'm not criticizing, I'll just watch them on YouTube if I have to play through the whole game again to see them. But but yeah. like considering how short this game is and from the era that it came out, the multiple endings to me is like that makes it worth like 
if I had spent, you know, $80 on this or whatever back in, you know, 10, 20 mm -hmm. years ago, I'd be like, well, at least now I'm getting my money's worth because I'm going to play through it again to see these other endings. Um, right. Well, so I guess I, if you're collecting it now and you're spending like $400 on it now, you'd be oh, through if you, yeah. <laughs> every single day. Touche. If you're buying a fucking PS2 copy of this thing now, you goddamn right. I'm going to know every fucking pixel of this goddamn game if I buy it now <laughs> at, at sticker price. Jesus. What's, uh, what's killing me about the price of it now is like I've had two copies of it in my collections like at different times. Uh, where I didn't like the first two times I didn't pay much. Like second time was definitely more, but now it's like, and I did have a copy with the CD still at one point. And uh, man, it's I kind of wish I still had that. Fuck me. I I will warn if anyone listening to this decides to try Silent Hill after hearing us talk about it. If you look online. The HD collection of which contains Silent Hill two and three that came out like ten years ago gets panned a lot online. I played through. I have not touched Silent Hill two yet. I played through Silent Hill three on the HD collection, having never played the original version. Then I looked up some clips from the original version. The voice acting and the cutscenes are definitely better in the original than it is in the HD collection. Yeah. But if you yeah. want to try this franchise and your choice is ten dollars for the HD collection or three hundred for a physical copy on the PS2, spend the $10. It's it's not it's not unplayable. I could see why it would seem yeah. inferior like like especially if 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 like look, last we were just talking about how the Last of Us remake is coming out uh next month. If if the Last of Us remake was a step down from the original like this was from the original, I could understand the rage from diehard fans, but now that it's done and gone and like they've both been out for 10 20 years, it's this is fine. Like the, it, the HD version is playable. Don't let it scare you off because of the negative video online. It's not that bad. That's what I, I in my opinion, anyways. Um, or or fucking spend four hundred bucks on the original. I don't give a fuck. Uh, the last thing I wanted to ask that, you that, that that HD collection is also the only way you can play Silent Hill Three on the Xbox as well. The other ones were ported. Oh, that's right. But this one never was. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Like, I didn't seem broken. I had a good time. It did crash mm -hmm. on me once. Like, I had a glitch, and I had to go back a little bit. But that's just – that comes with gaming sometimes. I won't hold that against I, you. I, I thought I had a glitch while I was playing. I couldn't pick up the screwdriver, and it was I was like, I'm going to have to restart the whole game. Like, I don't know what's going on. It turns out I didn't have my flashlight on. And if your flashlight's not on, you just can't pick things up. Fuck. Fucking weird-ass fucking game. Um, The last thing I wanted to ask you about is just, like – Silent Hill has been dead for a long time. And I know we got yeah, the PT demo, which I've never played. Did you play? I never played the PT demo. I did, yeah. Yeah, um, it was cool. Apparently, it was, it was terrifying very, it was as well. It was very exciting. And uh, I think the franchise might have died with that. I, I don't really see a, a future for it. Yeah. I mean, on the horizon. I could be wrong. But I would love for it. Like, what I saw in that demo, I loved. And I would love to have that game. But I mean, there's. I, I just don't. I just don't think. Uh, it's really a franchise that anyone cares about much anymore. Like, <sighs> we had one good movie and one real shit movie. And I think it just, unfortunately, I think just killed the interest in the franchise. Yeah. I mean, it's got a very, I know there's going to be people yelling at the radio. Right? I understand it's got a very, uh, a, 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 I don't mean a disrespect because like, I'm a big F zero fan and I feel like F zero is yeah. like, right. it has a very, yeah. a, a very vocal, but small yeah. fan base. And I think yeah. I, I now there are rumors that there's a Silent Hill game or something Silent Hill in the works. So I don't think it's impossible that we see it brought back. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I would love to be wrong. I, I would too. love um, I, for there. I think I think the franchise would exist very nicely in VR. That would be very yeah, cool too. Agreed. And I will say like Doing like a, even like a first person thing like they did with the, the newest Resident Evils. I, I would be happy about that. Yeah, 
I, I've said it many times, with the possible exception of racing games, I don't think there's a genre that benefits more from the advances in technology in gaming development than horror games do. Absolutely. Because you can go from those Lego-looking sprites to... I mean, Resident Evil Village is gorgeous. Like, that's just a great-looking yeah, fucking video game. Um, I, but the, my, I guess the one thing is that, like, Silent Hill's not n- new anymore. Like, there's a lot of horror games now. Yeah. Like it's yeah. like it's not it's not a that, that's what I mean. It's like what like we're especially like we were talking before before recording, hor- the horror genre of gaming have switched into that um the lane of like that asymmetrical four V one, like yeah. Dead by Daylight clone. Yeah. And that's kind of the state of horror gaming right now, which is unfortunate. Um and I and that's why I don't really see like I, I, I agree like especially with like technology and, and the immersion that we can have with VR and stuff like that. I think Silent Hill and other like these horror survival games would benefit greatly, but I think there's just too much money in this online gameplay where they can sell you skins and content over and over. Yeah. It, it just doesn't, it just doesn't benefit to have a game like Silent Hill. And right I, now. and what worries me is that exact, like I would hate to see Silent Hill brought back and have it be like a four V one running around uh, in the fog most likely what the if we were to get silent hill content it would be uh, an in-game skin for one of those games where one of the monsters would be pyramid head which i think might even be something that's already out yeah um you know and then like some of the characters would be would be models in those games and that's i, I think kind of the state of gaming right now for this i'm just gonna of, uh, game. i'm just gonna put it out into the universe i like it's a running joke that we've willed like a half a dozen games into existence yeah, over the years I, on the I show would, yeah so i'm just gonna throw out there either silent hill 5 like just a straight up silent hill 5 or like yeah. a full-blown remake of silent hill 1 like a like yeah, a resident evil great. 2 yeah. remake quality did, yeah. remake of silent Hill I would, 1. i would love that me yeah. too that'd be sick um okay we got to score this thing now here's the thing we recorded the other snippet of this episode like a month ago and so i apologize to all of you that i can't remember exactly why we went this way but i remember that uh ryan wanted to score this thing out of 31 and he had a very logical reasoning that i'm just not smart enough to remember it has something to do with ages and things. I apologize. Like I know I suck. I can't remember why we were doing this, but we're scoring it out of 31. I, I promise there's logic that everybody else heard an hour ago. Uh, so, Patrick, if we were scoring Silent Hill 3 out of 31, what are you slapping on this thing? I would do like 25, I think. All right. That's a pretty yeah. respectable score, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean... I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm gonna go around like a 23. It's good. I don't, I don't feel any urge to ever play it again. Like, but I didn't resent playing it. I'm glad I played it, but I feel like it was a one and done for me. I don't really mm-hmm. feel a need to play it again because I know it would just be a whole lot of trying to open doors again. And now I know how the story and everything ends. And that, to me, when I played it, that was why I wanted to play it was to see yeah, how does this play yeah. out. And now I know. Right. But. Uh, highly recommended. If you've not played it, check it out. Definitely read Absolutely. up on. Definitely read up on what happened in the original Silent Hill, because it'll make this one make a lot more sense. I would play all the Silent Hills. Like, yeah, as a fan of the franchise, like at least those first four. Um, after playing this, I've I've kind of got the desire to go and play Silent Hill four again, because that was one I struggled with, where I didn't care for the theme as much. Okay, because uh, it starts to involve ghosts and things, uh. and. Uh, and and I remember a lot of unkillable enemies that were very upsetting. 
Um, so I, I would kind of like to revisit that, but I definitely, uh, playing this made me kind of, it's, it made me re-fall in love with what I liked about Silent Hill. And uh, I think I'm definitely gonna be playing two again. It's I, I can assure all of you, I don't know when this game has 1 million percent confirmed that I'll at least play Silent Hill one and two through to completion. I'll ask you just yeah. before we go, cause I, I, I want to give you a chance to, to plug your projects and stuff. If you were to rank the first four Silent Hill games, best to worst, what would you rank them? I'm just curious. Oh, um, that's that's tough. Like if prior to playing this, I probably would have gone two, one, three, four. Okay. Um, but now, oh, it's tough. Like I would, oh, it's it's like I would go like two and three. I, it's tough, dude. I, I would All have right, to say that fine. for now, I guess, until I play like two again, and I'll probably fall in love with two. I remember two being my favorite. Maybe that was just because it was the first one I played. It was my introduction. And I had such a horrible uh, experience with number one when I played it with that game save that I still think about somewhere. There's like a memory card where I'm stuck just <laughs> running around Silent Hill with bats chasing me. But two, two felt like the kind of uh, the high point of the series for me, which I really enjoyed. I, um, but like after playing this, like they're so close, like this one did so many things good too. A lot of the lists I looked up, like two seems to be the gold. St- it's so weird. So many franchises. Two is the best one. Like yeah. Mass Effect. I, I two. Say two. Like the the combat is is really nailed down. I remember like being able to melee a lot of stuff and not having as much trouble as, as this game. Okay. And and maybe that's what makes it, you feel a little bit more powerful. I could be wrong. Like when I could I, go back and play it and be like, I'm I'm terrible. I feel like two. Like like Mass Effect two. Fucking Silent Hill 2, Resident Evil 2. Like, so many 2s are the best ones. But I feel like maybe the reason yeah. for that is because the sequel, you like, you're like, well, we laid the formula with the first one. Everybody liked the first one. Let's just polish it up for the second one. But then you're like, well, we can't just release this again on the third. We need to try something different. And sometimes that's where they... Like, you know what I mean? It just always seems to be that 2 is like the golden... I don't yeah. know. It's weird. I feel, like, I feel like 2, in this sense, is so much better because it, it there is quite a bit different from one to two like you're jumping from the playstation one to the two so there's mm-hmm. a level of we don't have to have fog on everything just for, sure. to be able to render you know what's coming up um you can show a little bit more and it's a you know a little bit creepier and and uh i, I feel like it just might be more graphic it deals with a lot more unsettling uh imagery yeah yeah you're probably right that helps uh fuck yeah man that was a good i, I like that that felt yeah we covered it took 212 episodes but we fucking covered a Silent Hill game. I hope you're all happy. We fucking yeah. did it. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy that we got to do this because I remember sending you a list like two years ago. Yeah, like, these <laughs> yeah. are the games I want to do, and it was like Silent Hill, any of them. Yeah, I, as soon as this came up, I was like, yeah, Patrick's, we're, we're you're, you're getting, you're, we're tapping on you on the as shoulder. As soon as I saw you playing it, I was like, oh, I hope you're going <laughs> to do this. <laughs> uh, you're a busy guy, man. What, where can people check out your other uh, shenanigans if they're interested? What do you got going on? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I produce music under uh, Burger Finger, so you can find me on Instagram. I also play in a live uh, hip hop duo called Discount Lion Safari. Oh, it's the do, best, like, best uh, li- fucking live, name. Live, yeah, like live finger drumming and rapping, and uh, that's kind of like the main focus right now. We've got some some stuff we're working on. Uh, we're going to be start doing some um, live stream, like uh, freestyle, kind of building a beat building uh you know working on stuff in the moment uh, talking to people and, and building stuff community wise so we're starting that up probably in the next couple of weeks so uh follow uh burgerfinger uh discount.lion.safari um the regular one was taken by some guy who's doing nothing with it so Fucker. um we've got a the, the the one with the period in between each one just follow those and uh 
and you'll see what we're doing. And you can find all that in the description of the podcast if you want to check it out as well. Uh, buddy, fucking rights. That was fun. Uh, I, I can almost assure you the next time I have you on the show, it's either going to be a Game Boy game or a horror game. I don't know which one. But uh, cool. you've you've got your Silent Hill too. You, yeah, it might be. Ah, that fucking pyramid <laughs> head, man. I don't know. Everyone keeps telling me about this pyramid head, and I look up yeah. like I've seen still images, and I'm like, that is fucking horrifying. I don't. Yeah. I'll try. Um. Anyway, thanks for doing this, buddy. That was fun. It was good to catch yeah, up. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. that's going to do it for this week's episode. Ryan, thank you so much for your generosity, for sponsoring the episode, uh, for being such a passionate member of our community and for turning me on to the Silent Hill franchise, for, for turning me on uh, to the Silent Hill franchise because I get it and for turning me on, but for the Silent Hill franchise because now I got to play at least one and two. I have to. I will, I promise. Terrified of Pyramid Head, but I am going to play these games. And of course, Patrick, my man, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to give me a call and talk Silent Hill 3. Do not forget to check out Patrick's music. You can find the information in the description of this podcast if you are interested uh that's gonna do it if you thought hey that was not the worst podcast i've ever listened to maybe consider leaving us a nice review we're getting a bunch of them lately which is fucking sick i don't know what they accomplish but the good shows ask for them so we're gonna ask for them too leave us a nice review on whatever your podcast service of choice is that's great and if you want to support the show if you want more 200 plus bonus podcasts and two additional ones every week there's actually three additional ones every week if you go on one of the higher tiers but all kinds of extra stuff hit up patreon.com com slash remember the game you can support the little guy keep the lights on keep our podcast going and get hundreds of bonus podcasts to listen to at your leisure and five percent of your uh, subscription every month is going to be donated to the Stollery children's hospital to uh as part of my 24-hour remember the children's stream which is pretty cool that's a pretty goddamn nice thing so patreon.com slash remember the game i have a p.o box you can find that address at remember the game podcast.com it is remember the game p.o box 69181 edmonton alberta canada t6v1g7 in canada just send me a postcard or a letter something little something nice tell me where you're listening i'll send you a postcard back we'll be friends that's how it works and feel free to swing by and check me out on twitch i get on there whenever i can i don't really have a set schedule uh but it's twitch.tv slash member the game and uh, I'll never beg you for subs or anything. It's free. You can just come by. Tell me uh, why Captain Picard is better than Captain Kirk. <laughs> You're out of their minds. And uh, we'll have fun. It's, shout out to anyone who gets that reference. I don't say that as often as I used to. Uh, that'd be fun. All right. That's going to do it, everybody. I am going to get out of here. Thanks some Patreons and shut this thing down. We will be back next week with Remember the Game number 200 and... What number are we on? 13? Yeah, 213 next week. Which, if everything goes according to plan, will be Oddworld Abe's Odyssey. If that doesn't happen, it'll be about Metroid from the NES. But those will probably be your next two episodes. So, uh, thanks. Thanks, everybody. I'm going to thank some patrons and get out of here. Cheers. I'll talk to you on the next one. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not puke up all the content I churn out every week without all of your support. The following people are subscribed at the Senior Executive Vice President level or higher at patreon.com slash rememberthegame. And as such, I am contractually obligated to stumble through all their names in a very quick fashion. So a huge thank you to... 
Makeshift Mallow, Magic Money, Joe Buck, Sharonic, Andre, Best Podcast Advice, James Clark, King Bahamut, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Slick Rick, Doug Dorn, Charlie Medeiros, Andrew Wright, Jordan the Good Enough Gamer on YouTube, Fraser Burns, Little Bunny Fufu 89, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Aaron Lawson, Nathan Tremblay, A Town, Morgan, Zane Donovan, Ryan Kinchin, Mike Maloney, G9PSX, Mercury869, Wolfgang Darren, Sam Wright, Andy Hudson, Chris Copland, Doogie, Wolf Magic 21, Johnny CCDC, Joel LeBlanc, Squints, Titan 420, Zonko 504, Russell Aldridge, Jeff Bergeron, Captain N, Game Nomad Misi, Daniel, Tunable Power, John Woodruff, Jeff Barrage, Just a Fish, Noob Q, The Super Dad Bros Podcast, Enzalo, Holmes, Zach Shepard, Chris Dickin, Matthew D'Amico, Frosty Feet 492, Triple, Austin Cook, Elijah Burns, Stephen Parnell, Race and Watongo, Zach Coiner, DBXJ, Jameer Williams, Steve Dalk, Phil McCracken, Trav H, Mizuru, Nicholas Chaffee, David Marcus, Phil Lencher, Ruben Elizalde, Eric James, Riley Turvey, Jake Carter, Mexican Johnny, C Spin, Thomas Smith, Nicola, Munch Makuchi, Leroy Westrich, Dark Squall, Jerry the 3D Printed Sawstrich, Russell, bleh, Russell Seg, Seg, Russell, whose last name I can't say, Evolva, Sean Ramos, DB Cooper, Stud Still Smash, Mojo the Helper Monkey, Brant Hewitt, Gabe, Dan Fuselman, Aaron Mitson, Fuzzy99, Decoy Man, John Jameson, Blaine the Hoagie Man, Scary Terry, Bucky Duck, Benjamin Swiller, Hego Waffle, Kayach, Jimothy, Joe Stone, Chris Williams, Orokusaki's Gardener, Nicole Novak, Cody Richardson, General Fury, Dem Boys on the Roof, James Juan Francesco, The Jamadian Nightmare, Matt Hamilton, Nomad, James Black, Sam Carpenter, Nerdy Hybrid, Adam Fletcher, C- Colin Bollinger, Justified 01, Lucas, Joey Mercury, You Lick My Butt, IR Jackal, Theorand, Squeak Nuts, Isaias, Timmy the Exuberant Turtle, Lance Jones, Brian Neese, Christian Gabriel, Maverick Marty, Big Poppy Logan, Phil Vau, that name fucks me up too, John M. Watkins, Beef Dingleberry, Hitchy Poo, Daniel Matthews, Arctic Fishing, Romaldo Marquez, Connor McCann, Bulma Simp, Mark Nele, Darren Dickey, Trevor McKee, Quiet Place Queen, Cam Nelly 23, Zamato, Skillerooney, Angelo Leonardo, Lugnut, Scott Weiss, and Edge Master P. That one was pretty good, actually. Uh, thank you all so much for the support. You're the best. I appreciate you. Talk to you next week or tomorrow on Expansion Pass Purple Monkey Dishwasher. Thank <laughs> you.